listening to Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny, a listener-supported podcast located at revelationsradionews.com. We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. Either you are with us or you are with the terrorists. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Podcasting to you from the town of Edmonds, Washington, where I am drinking real milk from an actual animal, otherwise known as a cow. <laughs> I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. And from Piedmont, Oklahoma, where I'm drinking some organic ginger turmeric tea. I'm Andrew Hoffman. Oh, buddy, don't you don't like yourself, or what's? So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta look after yourself, man. Come on, turmeric Delicious. tea. Ugh. is it good? Yeah, that's yeah, it's good. good. Is it good? Like liver crisps are good, Andrew. Like, oh, this, this is <laughs> I <good>. got the. <laughs> this is good for me, Tim. You should try it too. You'll like it. <laughs> I've got it's, some. Tastes like a, I just ate some blood, but yeah, it tastes, tastes great, Andrew. Thank you. <laughs> I've got, got sick, some I got liver sick, crisps sick, here on the desk. <laughs> sick directly after that, by the way, for those keeping score at home for like three weeks. Yeah, so. well, I'm I'm trying to have the liver crisp pull me out of the sickness, but still, still struggling. I don't know what it is, but melatonin some... and sleep, melatonin and sleep. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying that. So, so I came across this story. I would love to throw a clip in to start the show off, but maybe you know, praise the Lord, I couldn't find a clip. Of, I couldn't pull this stupid clip from this website. Uh, but this is from where I usually go in the morning. Like I wake up, roll over, shut off my alarm, or you know, get out of bed, do some Bible reading, go to MSN Health. You know, just see what's what's up on my day. My, you know, you ever go to MSN Health? You know, back in what seems like a former life at this point, uh, <laughs> when I was a a teacher, the homepage was MSN. Yeah, the homepage like, is still not MSN. changeable. Yeah. But, yeah, I think it's on the stupid uh, surface. I think I haven't tried to mess with the homepage yet, so I still see some MSN content. Yeah, but uh, I came across this one: synthetic milk made without cows may Ugh. be coming to a supermarket near you. Now, I have bad news and I have good news. The bad news is this is like the number one story on MSN Health. 
And it's a horrible video where this guy's like, blah, 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 we'll just make the proteins and, blah, 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 and put it all together and it's going to be better <laughs> for humanity because cows are bad. It's really unfortunate. They have to be milked. They really hate it. Which is weird because I was buying raw milk from a guy who would like bring cows through his little dairy twice a day. They, n- none of the cows stampeding away, like running away. Like, I hate this. <laughs> you know what I mean? They they seem fine. They just kind of yep. walked in. Anyway, the good news about this story, you're like Tim, why start the show with this? Why would you bring this up? So, uh, a couple. Don't things. tell me they still have a comment section. They do. Well, really? There wow. is an open comments panel, which I couldn't respond to because I wasn't signed in hmm. to MSN. But all the comments are. Highly negative. Yeah. Uh, people think cancer rates are high now because of synthetics. Wait till we start doing more synthetics. Synthetics milks are going to make big pharma companies. Are they going to be made by big pharma companies? This will be great. This will go. <laughs> this will go great with Soylent Green. Climate change is the largest global fraud ever. Save the cows. Protect them with your lives. My lips will never taste this garbage. Never. And then there is a section which. Way, way back in the day, yesteryear, a lifetime ago, remember YouTube had had ratings, five-star ratings, and you could, oh, this, this one's got five stars, must be a good video, three and a half, not that great. And then they switched it, it was a big deal. It's right before or after Google got bottom, they're like, thumbs up, thumbs down, you can only like or dislike. I feel like we've like gone so much further down that road that people are now speaking in emojis, like that's all there is. Well, and- So there's a reaction thing here, go ahead. I don't want to disrupt you, but it's interesting that they hid the dislike counter too. Yes. Oh, yeah, on yeah. YouTube. On YouTube, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, especially for yeah. It's like the the producer will know that you disliked it or whatever. <laughs> it's like okay. It's because you know Biden was killing. Biden. Yeah, Biden was getting like a reverse ten to one ratio there, but. I have, but I have to read this. So they let they allow you to react in emojis without signing in. Oh, nice! So four hundred and sixty-eight people reacted to this. Twenty-five people like it. Eleven people love it. Nine people are surprised. Fifty-two people are thinking. Twenty-one people are sad. 350 people angry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is and this is MSN. This isn't this like the the most indoctrinated among yeah. us. I mean, it's it's yeah. up there. I mean, they're not the most, but it's it's high. It's a high percentage. I'm gonna say medium high, medium low, medium high. Anyway, uh, yeah. So I to start the show, I got a stack of homemade peanut butter cookies and a glass of milk. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Sounds Real milk good. from a cow. Yep. Okay. The way God That's... intended. <laughs> Is it raw milk? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. No. No. I've made that drive you, you in a while. Uh, we, we gotta, there's got to be someone on this side of town. It, it must exist. we got to figure it out. Andrew, I don't know if you've noticed, but there are not as many cows on this side of town. There's a lot of cows over here. I don't know that. Yeah, I might just go knock on some doors. 
<laughs> they have different like, cows. Hey, hey, I know noticed that you've got some cows out there. Could I get some raw milk products, please? Who was it? Some guy from Portland wanted to milk our cows. I don't know what he was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like the, the you pick fruit trees. There you go. You milk the cow. It's a winner. What could go wrong? I told him to go back to California. Yeah. Well, well, I I've got a lot of stuff. I got a lot I of d- stuff too. <laughs> I did a, a ton of prep, okay. and all right. So let me see how to set this up. Yeah, we'll see where um, we're gonna go, and then I'll play off of it, I guess. Yeah. Well, let's kind of tie up the big Alex Jones Donald Trump thing. Might as well get that. Won't take very long. Oh no, it's gonna take a long time. Okay. Uh. The only clip that I have to play is Alex Jones, Trump the Vaccine Man. Do, 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 do. And you'd think I'd be ready for this. Come on, Tim. Get on the ball. What's going on here? Uh... Do, 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 do. Oh, it's the very first clip. No. Oh, well, maybe... It's, it's the worst one I got. It's the first one I got, so if there's more... Okay, so there's... Um... I, I did figure out that if I click uh, the modified column there, mm-hmm. it's easier for me to put them in order, just FYI. Oh, but. I don't think that matters on my side. It's just in alphabetical order, so it might be a different order on yours. All right, here we go. Trump the vaccine, man. You did so many good things. You fought the globalists. They hate your guts. They're setting you up. They're already leaving the sinking ship. You need to come out. And so Trump tried to call me. I missed the call. He reached out to one of his supporters, one of his advisors, and said, why is Alex saying this? So I shot an emergency message about a week and a half ago to Trump. He got it. He watched it. And then I got the response back. And Trump told the people that brought it to him. I've talked to him in the meeting. And, they, and, and Trump said, I don't want to hear about questioning this so-called vaccine again. I call it a so-called vaccine. He said, I don't want to hear about this again from anybody. I think it's good, and that's it. So Trump, last Friday, in response to all of this, said, I believe what I did was good. It's an effective vaccine. It works, and that's it. Even though they admit it doesn't work. Even though they admit it's hurting people. Even though they admit it's a fraud. He still says 95% effective, and that's Trump doing that. That's not me. So I gave Trump until the 23rd of September to not an ultimatum, but just a, a, a point of time to say, you're not part of this. We know the Democrats tried to make it mandatory. We know the Democrats tried to make people take it. You're against making the military take it. You're against kids taking it. That's a great thing you've done, Trump. You're already way better than them. We just don't want them to blame you now for what they've done. And his answer is, no, I back it, that's it. So I'm done talking about Trump. I'm not attacking Trump. I'm not supporting Trump. I'm going to support people like Bolsonaro and DeSantis that are coming out saying the shot doesn't work. We were lied to. It's a fraud. I'm not against Trump. I don't hate Trump. I'm not his enemy. But he took a million bucks from Pfizer 
which is not that much to be bought out by. And that's not why he's doing this. He said he's the vaccine man. He said he saved hundreds of millions of people. He led Operation Warp Speed. There was more, but I thought that covered it. So. I got a lot more than that. <laughs> that whole, right. did, you, did you watch Go the Tucker it. piece? Uh... Yes. Yeah, that was very good. So Tucker goes on for 13 minutes talking about, well, we're just blaming Trump. Well, this was a weird couple of minutes. And wait, wait, uh, which which Tucker piece? I guess the one that Will sent us in the chat. Okay. Yes, I watched that. One. It was like 13 minutes long. Yep. Okay. So I'm. A, I was gonna play the whole thing. I mean, it's. It's kind of bizarre. I mean, the different layers of this, and he was anticipating us kind of tearing this thing apart and looking at it media dissection-wise because, I, I don't know. I mean, we don't play a lot of Tucker stuff on the show because it seems like he is a bit of an outlier in what's going on out there. Not that he's good or bad, but he seems to be running his own show over there. Does that seem right? Um, my, I don't know. My take on Tucker is that he gets to tell the truth, uh, but not in a timeline when it matters. So when he when he starts going ahead and talking about stuff, then it's time. It's too late, and it means uh, we're just in the make people mad stage now. Not the uh, still have time to do something about it stage. So all right, let's let's listen to the Tucker. Talk. I mean, it's, I guess. But it's bringing it out to some people, right? So what is the purpose of right. this? Yeah, there, there's some people that this will be... If they don't hear it from Tucker, the Tucker is their most extreme source of information. So right. if right. until it gets on Tucker, it doesn't exist. Yep. Right. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson Tonight. Well, they finally got Big Orange. You were starting to think it could never happen. How could it happen? Once you accuse a man of racism and fascism and sexism, embezzlement, perjury, sex crimes, mental illness, treason. The last of which, by the way, is a death penalty offense, let us remind you. And then you impeach him twice on related grounds. And after that, you send the FBI to his home to seize a handwritten welcome letter from Barack Obama, which turns out to be a state secret possession of which is a serious felony. After you do all of that, and they have, you wouldn't think there'd be a lot left to accuse the guy of. You'd think they'd have run out of sins. Oh, but no. It turns out there's one left, and it's the big one. The crime of all crimes, an offense so diabolical, so morally repugnant, so contrary to the laws of God and nature, that once revealed to the public, Donald Trump is done forever. He will never again darken the door of American democracy. He will slink back in shame to his lair off the fifth tee to prepare for his well-deserved punishment. We won't see him again until sentencing. That's how bad this is. What, ladies and gentlemen, did Donald Trump do? We can now tell you. Donald Trump created the COVID vaccine. He did that himself and on purpose with malice of forethought. The vax is Donald Trump's doing. We learned that this week from Democrats in Congress. They announced that shocking news. An investigation by the coronavirus subcommittee found, as Politico put it, 
that the Trump administration pressured the Food and Drug Administration to authorize the first COVID-19 vaccines on an accelerated timeline. Following this, an accelerated timeline. They didn't even fully test the stuff. That's not science. Donald Trump doesn't do science. So they just handed this stuff out to people, citizens, recklessly. In the words of South Carolina Congressman James Clyburn, Donald Trump assaulted our nation's public health institutions with this poison, this so-called vaccine, and in doing so, quote, undermined our nation's coronavirus response. That's what Trump did. And here's the worst part. No one knew Trump was doing it. They trusted Donald Trump. He was the president of the United States. People believed him when he said the vax worked, especially older people. They knew they were at risk and they wanted to believe that a shot would keep them safe. So they took Donald Trump's word and then they took the vax. And then a lot of them got COVID anyway. It's horrifying when you think about it. Here is one of Donald Trump's elderly victims. Hey folks, guess you heard this morning I tested positive for COVID. But I've been double vaccinated, double boosted. Symptoms are mild. And, uh, and I really appreciate your inquiry and your concerns. But I'm doing well. I'm getting a lot of work done. I'm going to continue to get it done. Look at that man. Donald Trump's vaccine did that to him. Four shots, a human pincushion, now a desiccated husk. Before he took Donald Trump's vaccine, that man was spry filled with vigor and vim, famous for his mental acuity. Look at him now. And in case you think, oh, maybe we're overstating the case, maybe this is a bad video, we're gonna take you now to a live shot of that same man to give you some sense of the long-term effects of Donald Trump's vaccine. Here he is speaking at this moment in the state of Maryland. Watch this. security in the hands of Ted Cruz and Marjorie Taylor Greene. I mean it. But it's not just social security. Senator Scott wants everything in the federal budget voted on de novo every five years that goes out of existence. That includes Medicare, veterans benefits, and everything else. And then along comes Ron, Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin. This, this is what they put this in. Marjorie Taylor Greene controls Social Security? It doesn't make sense. The compassionate person in you feels for that man because you know what happened to him. He took Donald Trump's vaccine, which Democrats alerted us this week, wasn't properly tested. Now, your first reaction may be, wait a second, this seems like a revision of what I saw personally. Wasn't it Joe Biden who promoted the vaccine, who made it mandatory? Wasn't Joe Biden in charge when it became obvious the vaccine didn't work? And didn't Joe Biden's media tell us to get the shot months after Donald Trump left office? You may remember that, possibly because you remember clips like this. This is from July of last year. If you're a school teacher, if you're a nurse, if you're a cop, you need to get vaccinated. And if you don't, you need to look for another job. Yeah, take the vax or you're fired. In retrospect, it's pretty obvious they were carrying water for Donald Trump in that video. Now, if you're still not convinced, you're probably a cynical person. You probably have concluded that Democrats are panicked about being blamed for the single greatest public health disaster in history, and they're trying to shift the blame to Donald Trump before the full truth about the vaccine comes out. And it is coming out, and the midterms are on the way. You may have concluded that. But we're not cynical on this show. In fact, we're relieved 
Now that Donald Trump is responsible for the vaccine, we can finally talk about the vaccine. Till now, we haven't been able to. Till now, it's been like living in a John Cheever story where the entire country is an emotionally repressed wasp family. It's 1952 and Darian and dad is just passed out drunk at the dinner table. But nobody's allowed to mention it. We all have to pretend it's not happening. Dad's fine, be quiet. Over time, that level of denial is very hard to sustain. It makes you crazy. But thank God it's over now. Now that we can blame Donald Trump for the vaccine, we can finally tell the truth about the vaccine without being fired or attacked or thrown off the internet. We really should have thought of this earlier because it feels good, the freedom of this. So let's take a moment to talk about Donald Trump's vaccine and why it seems to be, among other things, dramatically raising death rates among young people. According to data from New Zealand, the government there, for example, children were vaccinated between the ages of 10 and 19 were more likely, not less likely, more likely to die within a month of vaccination than those who didn't take the vaccine in the same age group. And it's not just the New Zealand government that has found this. This summer, a Dutch researcher called Andre Rader published a paper entitled COVID-19 Vaccinations and All-Cause Mortality. The research analyzed hundreds of cities and towns. What did it find? Quote, we could not observe a mortality-reducing effect of vaccination in Dutch municipalities after vaccination and booster campaigns. We did find a four-sigma significant mortality-enhancing effect during the two periods of high unexplained excess mortality. Oh, so the data suggest, don't prove but suggest, the vaccine may be killing people. Unexplained mortality is also on the rise in many other countries, Australia, England, Wales. So why is Donald Trump's vaccine doing all of this in other countries? Well, we can't be sure. But as Alex Berenson reported on his Substack recently, the Canadian government is seeing a similar problem at huge scale. As of this summer, people who took Donald Trump's vaccine in the Canadian province of Manitoba are roughly 50% more likely than the unvaccinated to be hospitalized or die from COVID. Again, to pause, how bad is Donald Trump's vaccine? So bad that people who take it are more likely to die of COVID. Hmm. Now we have data from more Canadian provinces, but they seem to be hiding it now. On July 28th, the province of British Columbia announced it would stop reporting the number of deaths that occurred in people who have taken the COVID booster. Wow, why is that? Don't ask, you're not allowed to. Oh, we are now, because it's a Trump crime. The charts are also missing somehow from the Internet Archive, which is widely known, of course, as a front for Russian operatives working on behalf of who? Donald Trump. But we do have the most recent available data. What do those show? Well, they show that 70% of all deaths in that province occurred in people who were boosted, even though boosted individuals make up just half the province's population. Do the math on that for a minute. Well, your first reaction might be, oh, well, vaccinated and boosted people tend to be older. So, of course, they're dying at a greater rate. It has nothing to do with the shot. But then you look deeper. You read, for example, the Lancet article entitled Risk of Infection, Hospitalization and Death Up to Nine Months After a Second Dose of the COVID-19 Vaccine. And that piece shows that people over the age of 80 have worse outcomes. And by worse, we mean more hospitalizations, more deaths when they're vaccinated than when they are unvaccinated. So it turns out when Donald Trump told you, as he did hundreds of times, certainly you must remember this, that this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated, it turned out to be exactly the opposite. And we're seeing this in a lot of different places, in a lot of different data sets. In fact, 
As Kenji Yamamoto wrote in the Journal of Virology, quote, the Lancet study showed that immune function among vaccinated individuals eight months after the administration of two doses of COVID-19 vaccine was lower than that among unvaccinated individuals. Well, that sounds like it's hurting people's immune system in a profound way. As the Journal of Food and Chemical Toxology put it after an independent study, quote, vaccination introduces a profound impairment in type 1 interferon signaling, which has diverse adverse consequences to human health. Well, that doesn't sound good. What consequences could they be talking about? Well, in July, the German government put out a tweet stating that at least one out of every 5,000 COVID shots causes, quote, serious side effects. One in 5,000, really? This is a shot that was taken by hundreds of millions of people, including in this country. What effects are they talking about? Well, those would include decreased sperm counts. The journal Andrology reported in June that there was a 22% average drop in total sperm count in samples taken three to five months after the second Pfizer dose of the vax. Donald Trump's vax. On top of that, there is heart inflammation, myocarditis, which is now suddenly famous in neighborhoods across the country because everyone seems to know someone else's son who has it. In December of last year, researchers at Oxford found that, quote, myocarditis risk was increased during one to 28 days following a third dose of the vaccine. Associations were strongest in males younger than 40 years for all vaccine types. But you knew that because you're seeing it among people you know. And no one's talking about it. We're not allowed to talk about it. But now we can because Trump did it. Researchers in Israel, meanwhile, found that vaccination increased the 42-day risk of myocarditis by a factor of three. This is a very serious heart condition, not a small finding. Now, you may have also noticed the rise in young athletes dying of heart attacks in recent months, something you're not allowed to notice, but you probably can't help yourself. For example, a 37-year-old cycling champion in Scotland called Rab Wardell just died of a heart attack two days after winning a national mountain biking championship. Can't say he was out of shape. Maybe it wasn't vax-related. Have you seen that a lot before? Hmm. And then there were those five doctors you may have read about in Toronto who died in the same month in July. Now, of that group of five dead physicians, there was a 27-year-old triathlete who died after a swimming competition and a 50-year-old Olympian who died after a run. So these are not people who are sitting on the couch smoking weed and eating Doritos. Now, we can't know why all of this happened, but the point is we're allowed to notice now. And that's significant, especially since some places are still forcing children to take the vaccine. And that would include most colleges in the United States. They just announced that boosters are mandatory. In the District of Columbia, which is falling apart, the mayor has decided, she declared this today, that unvaccinated students will not be allowed in school. They won't even get virtual learning unless they take a vaccine. Donald Trump's vaccine that appears to be hurting a lot of people. But unless they take it, they will get no education whatsoever. Hmm. Who knew that Muriel Bowser the resolutely partisan Democrat who runs Washington, D.C., was actually working for Donald Trump, but she appears to be. At least you know who to blame. If Alex- At least you know who to blame. That is <laughs> crazy. To I don't know. It just kind of blew my mind that that was on regular TV. Yeah. Yeah. little... It's on regular TV after every single person took every single that watches that show took every single dose of the vaccine they will ever possibly get. Do you think so? It's over. Yeah. It's over. Well, 
for the Tucker Carlson viewers, there's still, you know, there's still the true believers giving it to their children and and signing up like when can I get booster number 5? You know. I'm going to warn you, we can't jump off this. I'm like all all my clips are vaccine related. So Oh, I've got I've got more vaccine stuff. Okay, we're definitely we're definitely there. In fact, uh, I, I've got a long talking head monologue on on the same subject as we played for Tucker, but we should probably break it up with something else. Oh, I I know who to break it up with. Perfect example. Perfect person to break it up. Okay, who's going to bring us awesome editing, awesome analysis in? Uh, I don't know. It's just his, his videos are awesome. Uh, Paul Joseph Watson. Yeah, I saved that one. It's coming. It's coming. I still have that one, but this <laughs> one fits in better because it's directly aimed at the Trumpster. Can you believe this? Is this really how this is going to go down? This idiot gets in office. Looks like he could actually lead the country. Does everything right for like three years? Mm, no, not even close. But oh, okay, everything right. I apologize. More stuff right than any president in our lifetime for three years. He, how about this? Didn't mess up as much as any president in our lifetime. Didn't seem to be actively trying to destroy <laughs> the country for three years. How about that? <laughs> I'm the only person I can even think of is Reagan, but Reagan was like a shell of a man. If you really kind of look at it, it's I was, yeah, we were too young. We don't, yeah. you know? Yeah. But now they're going to blame it all on Trump. According to Pfizer's very limited human trials, 87% of pregnant mothers lost their babies after receiving the shot. And for those who survived the deadly shot and are able to reproduce, their offspring's DNA is now forever mutated. There is now irrefutable proof that the mRNA vaccines are a deadly toxin. Aside from the relentless, debilitating spike protein that's keeping everyone who has been jabbed sick, the vaccines contain metals. Metals that have been observed to self-assemble outside of the body. And most disturbingly, metals that assemble inside of the body. Studies show that these metals are found in the blood of 94% of those who have received a COVID vaccine. And these mysterious conglomerates of metal make their final appearance in the dead. All over the world, coroners are now finding that the arteries of the vaccinated have been clogged with mysterious growths, non-organic masses made up of conductive metals, such as aluminum, sodium, and tin. This is what's most likely causing all the organ failure and heart attacks. Heart attacks in our children, Two days ago, I, f- I flew out my first 10-year-old with a heart attack, and I had to fight the doctor in the ER because he's like, 10-year-olds don't have heart attacks. And I argued back and forth for 30 minutes to force his hand to get an EKG to find out that he was had almost a complete STEMI, which is ST-elevated myocardial inf- infarction, for which you could see it lit up on the 12-lead EKG. And he's like, well, that's not possible. And I'm like, well, he was just vaccinated yesterday. It is very much possible. At any given time, people are getting a hold of me and the nurse advocates at American Frontline Nurses to help advocate because, as you've seen, there is victim shaming that it does. Oh, it's anxiety. Oh, it's this. But in actuality, if they put down that it was a vaccine injury, 
the physician, the corporation, the hospital, the clinic, they actually won't get reimbursed, so it gets labeled as anxiety. According to the whistleblowers, the doctors are lying about the vaccine deaths to make a few thousand bucks. Is that why Trump has been pushing the deadly shots, killing our own children for a measly million dollars? Now that the truth about the deadly COVID vaccines is finally starting to break free, the mainstream media is shifting their narrative and blaming it all on President Trump. And they've already laid the groundwork back in 2016 when the herd was told to believe that Trump is literally Hitler. We should look at Adolf Hitler in 1929. He was a kind of a funny kind of character that said the things that people were thinking. Where Donald Trump takes it, I have absolutely no idea. But Donald Trump is a dangerous man with the things that he has been saying. You might argue that Trump is innocent, but he doesn't. He brags of all the lives he has saved. And the herd will believe what they are told to believe. It shows you how unpainful that vaccine shot is. So everybody go get your shot. It works incredibly well, 95%, maybe even more than that. It works incredibly well. It's a great vaccine, it's a safe vaccine, and it's uh, something that works. I recommend you take it, but I also believe in your freedoms 100%. When you have the vaccine, people that do, and it's a very small number, relatively, but people that do get it get better much quicker. That's a very important thing to know. Uh, they don't get nearly as sick, and they get it. They get better. Lindsey Graham's an example. He said, "If I didn't have this vaccine, yes. I would have died." And you know what? I believe totally in your freedoms. I do. You got to do what you have to do. But I recommend take the vaccines. I did it. It's good. Take the vaccines. But you got no. That's okay. That's all right. You got your freedoms. But I happen to take the vaccine. And the vaccines do work, and they are effective. I am, uh, I think I saved many, I don't think, I know, I saved millions and millions of lives throughout the world. We could have had another Spanish flu. We could have had, you know, in 1917, close to 100 million people died, they say. But it was really bad. And now other countries are using our vaccines and, uh, you know, tremendous, they're tremendously successful. You're playing right into their hands when you sort of like, oh, the vaccine. If you don't want to take it, you shouldn't be forced to take it. No mandates, but take credit because we saved tens of millions of lives. Take credit. Don't let them take that away from you. Okay, so the president made news. Do you agree with that? Right? Both the president and I are vaxxed, and uh, did you get the booster? Yes. I got it too. Okay, so. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. There you go. <laughs> if if people want to see more uh, video clips of Trump promoting the vax uh, anomaly on Twitter, had a, had some good compilations he was playing today. Oh, that's so. good. I should go check that out. But yeah, yeah, I mean, what happened? We talked about this a little bit last week. What the heck happened? He was... Uh, it's, yeah. a bo- it's a Bojo situation, isn't it? Well, he... You know, he either <laughs> uh, he got both either before. sold out or he never was who he presented. You know, or he was always in on it. Those are the two options. You well, know, there's. I remember way way back 2015. Only the longtime listeners will remember this one, but we were run up to the 2016 election. Mm-hmm. 
and the one and only Andrew Hoffman predicted that Trump was going to steal the Republican vote and then drop out. He was going to get all the votes because he was in bed with Hillary and, and Bill. They were always friends. And there's a lot of evidence for that. They've always been friends before this whole political run. And your your theory was he was going to you know, get all the votes, then he was going to drop out and then leave, let Hillary just, you know, swoop in and, and win the, win the election. So there is always the option of like a very, very long version of that. I think <laughs> gets all the votes and then drops out, but instead he's, he's in on this whole thing with them. I mean, what, what are we dealing with? Or we're dealing with like a Epstein situation. They're like, Hey, Hey, what about all this? Uh, what about no, all, these, that, all these photos over here? It looks like you better... That that could be it. it. You know, I don't know exactly how he is compromised, but he 100% is compromised at this point. Yeah. Like, there's no, there's no political explanation for it. Uh, there's just... He's just... You know, whether he's a, a good guy who's blackmailed into it and has to go along with it, or they're going to kill his daughter or whatever or whether it's just uh payoffs whether it's Stupidity. we're gonna kill you he's yeah, not uh, stupid though he's not no stupid. no no. he's not stupid none, none of these none of these people are stupid there's no. <laughs> i you know please show me the the stupid billionaire like it's <laughs> there's lots of evil billionaires there's yeah. they're not stupid billionaires sure Unless it's just pure hereditary, you know, money passed down. But even then, they're, you know, they don't get rich by accident there. But no, it's, and he, because it's clear that he knows this is unpopular with his supporters. We've talked many times about how he was aware of the problems with vaccines. Yeah, that's the part that kills me, is he knew. He was going to yep. put JFK, JFK, I always say that. He's going to put RFK in charge of the vaccine. Well, he did. He did. They had one meeting. Yes. So. And then Bill Gates called him and was like, no. Nah. <laughs> and you can't do that. And there's uh, I, know, I know where the obscene bodies are buried too. So me and me and me and uh, <laughs> there's a clip of Bill Gates saying, "I talked to Donald and, and told him, wouldn't it be great if you're responsible for the universal flu vaccine? Wouldn't you like that to be part of your legacy?" So oh. this is this was how they got him to sign the stuff in 2019 that laid the foundations for the whole whole thing. So. Yeah, I don't know. It, but now it, just, it literally looks like they're going to try to set him up for this whole thing. Yeah, and for a segment of the population that just will blame Trump for anything, they'll just go right along with it. But they, it'll be like, well, if vaccines are good and science is good. It's just evil Trump made those poor FDA people and those poor pharmaceutical companies rush when they didn't want to. And but we could we could trust them the next time. That'll be the the narrative there. Just as long as there's no evil Trump rushing it out there. Meanwhile, they're rolling out the uh, the special. 
you know, variant proof uh, new boosters that with no human testing whatsoever. Just like, well, why would we test it? They're pretty much like the old ones. But uh, yeah, so they're they're totally different because these will actually work, but they're also exactly the same as the old ones. So don't worry about testing them. Have you been keeping up with the different things they're changing? They've they've removed that the vaccine is recommended for pregnant people now. It's been completely removed. Eh, not necessarily recommended for pregnant people anymore. CDC has removed the uh, mRNA goes away within you know a few days after vaccination. It doesn't mess with your DNA. All that, all that gone. Mm-hmm. They are, yep. they are rearranging everything. It's, it's like it's like a 1984 situation. I mean, we have. <laughs> yeah, it, it really yeah, it is. is. It I is. Mean, they're changing yep. the news. You know, he has. What's what's Winston got to do? He's got to put it in the in the burn hole. What's the hole? The the little thing in the memory hole. hole. Yeah, thank you. The memory hole. Just yep. put it in there and. We all, the Pfizer vaccine was always we, we always said that it shouldn't be for pregnant people. Yeah, eighty seven percent of people died. That's no no good. You can't you can't miscarry that many times. No no. We always we always said that. What are you guys talking about? Yeah, and they they just uh, well, it's just a it was a complication that was resolved. You resolve complication. If you miscarry, you know, then it's just a, a resolved complication. But no big deal. Uh, man, there's so many places we could go. Have you ever listened to Neil Oliver stuff? Neil Oliver. I don't so know. he's on the new uh, GB News okay, this is thing funny. with Mark Stein. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. This, and yeah you, can't, I, you can't miss this, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I, I recognized him, but I never like sat down and watched a whole monologue deal. And... From the comments, I don't think all of them have been this good, but uh, I was, I was very impressed with this one and you know the Scottish accent. It's, he, uh, he had one last year, I think it was right when they started. I don't want, I want to say right when they started, but it was, yeah, it was close to when they were starting to give vaccines to children. He had one where he was just like, "Hey, like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. let's let's really objectively look at this, which apparently people can't do anymore." Yeah. Well, this is uh, so. This is titled "Don't Be Fooled Into Thinking This Disaster Movie Is Coming to an End." All right, goodness, that is that is a great lead-in to me so, fumbling for a clip. Sorry, you gotta give me a little more chance. So Neil Oliver, don't be fooled. Neil is N E I L. I got it, man. Don't see nothing yet. Don't be fooled into thinking this disaster movie is coming to an end. Rishi Sunak was quick off the mark last week with his pitiful self-serving claims about having known the lockdowns were a bad thing, but that despite him drumming his tiny fists on the table until they were a little bit sore, no one would listen to him. He said his heroic efforts to avert disaster were deleted from the official records of meetings he attended. If that's true... If minutes of meetings affecting government policy were doctored, then Sunak's claims demand criminal investigation and jail time for those responsible, including bigwigs with letters after their names, who presumably knew the truth of it as well and kept their mouths shut, while people needlessly died miserable deaths, endured miserable lives, and the country was driven off a cliff. Sunak squeaks that he was on the right side of history, but powerless. What absolute twaddle. 
He was arguably the second most powerful figure in government. By his own admission, he went along with all that was done to us. If it had ever been about principles, he would have resigned the first time his dissent was ignored and erased. He would have made his way hot foot to a television studio and there delivered an honest statement about how doing the right thing was more important than keeping his job. He did none of those things. For all that, there's excitement in the air. The mere fact the former Chancellor and would-be Prime Minister has broken ranks, basically opting for the tried and trusted playground tactic of claiming a big boy did it and ran away, means many are scenting blood in the water. I'm hearing a lot of people, desperate and hopeful that the whole truth will finally come out, saying things like, the narrative is finally falling apart. It might be, and it might not, but the Covid and lockdown double act is expendable, They've wrung all the juice they're ever going to get out of that rotten fruit and now it's ready to be cast aside. Or maybe it'll just go in the back burner while other, fresher concoctions are brought forward. Either way, someone somewhere seems to have decided it's time to move on. Just don't be fooled into thinking that stuff about saving Granny and the NHS was ever the point, far less the main event. I've said before and I'll say it again, it's never about what they say it's about. Thousands of grannies and grandpas died anyway, and the NHS is a vast money pit that sucks in billions and now shuts its doors against people dying of cancer. I don't believe the last two years was ever about public health. The people who said lockdowns would kill many more than COVID have been proved right. I've listened ad nauseum to all that stuff about it was so scary in the beginning, those images from China, our leaders were just doing what they thought was right. Yada, yada, yada. I barely bought it then, and now it seems obvious that from the beginning, whatever COVID was or wasn't, wherever it came from, it was blatantly exploited in pursuit of long-planned goals. From the beginning, I say it was about fear and control. The good ship pandemic is holed below the waterline, and all the rats are scuttling towards the life rafts. All the lies about COVID, all the lies about vaccines, more and more exposed every day. On the other side of the Atlantic, Micromegalomaniac Anthony Fauci is making for dry land as fast as his little paws will propel him. There are so many rats on that sinking ship, however, that they know there won't be enough rafts. They're aboard the Titanic, and many won't make it. Here's hoping. Now that some of the great and the good are changing their tune, now that more and more of the mainstream media are pirouetting like ballerinas, and finally contemplating questions some of us have been asking, shouting indeed, on a desperate loop for months and years, there's a narrow window of opportunity for getting some other stuff out into the open. And so now seems like the right time to think more of the unthinkable and say more of the unsayable. Things are unfolding now exactly as the so-called conspiracy theorists, us with the tin hats on, said they would, and while everyone else, those who poured scorn and ridiculed and hated, surely have to face the fact that we, the outcasts who lost work and reputations and much else besides, were right all along about the unforgivable damage of locking down, about harms to children, about being determined to refuse the COVID injections. In this brief moment, while those who had nothing to offer but spite and vitriol and undisguised loathing for those of us who first suspected we were being sold a pup, and who felt something wrong in our guts and so bothered to do our own reading and learned we were absolutely right and so spoke out and kept speaking out. Right now, before those smug, smarty pants regroup behind the next line trotted out by the establishment, we can state some more of the blindingly obvious. 
Let me, on behalf of my fellow conspiracy theorists, put more of the truth out there. After all, in a few months' time, it's what those same smarty pants will be saying they knew all along as well. Here's what I make of the bigger picture and what some of us so-called Covidiots, anti-vaxxers, Putin apologists, fascist, far-right extremist, swivel-eyed loons want to talk about next. Whatever is happening in Ukraine to that country and to its people, both are undoubtedly being used by those who also need something and someone to make their own populations look the other way. The horror show in the Ukraine is being exploited. Here at home last week, Boris implied that while only lesser mortals are fretting selfishly about heat and food, his attentions are focused on the lofty heights of saving the world. The little people of Britain must endure cold and hunger for, guess what, the greater good. Anyone with even the faintest grasp on at least an interest in geopolitics knows it's utterly bogus and he is a fraud, along with Biden, Trudeau, Macron, von der Leyen and the rest of a list so long I don't have time to read it out. The imminent cold and hunger were made inevitable not by Putin in 2022, but years ago by the adoption of ruinous, ideologically driven nonsense presented as world-saving environmental policies that only denied us any hope of energy independence, the profitable exploitation of all the resources beneath our feet and seas, and condemned much of Europe to dependence on Russia. What we are paying is the cost of going green when those policies are not green at all, but predicated upon some of the most destructive and toxic practices and technologies ever conceived. Wind and solar will never provide the energy we need to keep thriving as societies to grow and flourish. The situation is so insane, I find it easiest to conclude we are simply meant to do without. Stop thinking we're all going to have cars and international travel and warm homes, just different than before. What seems obvious is that we're being groomed to live small lives, to make way for the grandiose expectations and entitlements of the elites that are working so effectively to hoover up the last of the wealth. Smaller lives, colder lives, may actually be the best we can hope for, given the plans evidently laid out for us by those with their hands on the levers of power. Our leaders used to tell us we needed them in order to be free. In future, they will have us believe we need them to be safe. Caged animals are safe, but it's not much of a life. Energy prices will keep going up. This will obviously hurt the poorest countries and poorest people first and worst. What is obvious about the green warriors making war on affordable, reliable energy is that they care not a jot about the poor, at least not the actual poor, alive in the world today. Those real flesh and blood people are to be sacrificed by the millions, utterly denied the energy that might have lifted them out of poverty. So the imaginary people, as yet unborn, might thrive in a utopia that exists only in the imaginations of pampered protesters. China will just burn more coal to compensate and seize more control, but shh, best not mention it. That corrupted thinking comes from communism, or perhaps communism's idiot cousin, socialism. Green warriors don't care about the poor, in the same way socialists don't care about the poor. They just hate the rich, which is ironic, given that with their infantile protests, they're doing the work of the very richest for them. Ukraine produces a fifth of the wheat crop, required by the poorest. Not this year, though. Whatever has been grown will be hard to store and harder to export, so that hunger and full-blown famine becomes a looming threat for hundreds of millions of the world's hungriest people. In richer countries, life is being made deliberately impossible for farmers, 
Spiking costs of fertilizers and fuel are one thing, but governments in the Netherlands, across Europe, in Canada and elsewhere around the world are persecuting those who grow our food. Farmers are being made to endure restrictions that destroy their businesses, being driven off their land altogether. They'll have to watch as fields they have known and cared for over generations are hoovered up by transnational organisations with other ideas about what that land might be used for. If you think mass migration and immigration are difficult problems now, wait until the unavoidable famines cause a hemorrhage of humanity out of the poorest countries of Africa and the Middle East. Perhaps hundreds of millions of people with nothing more to lose. Where do you think they'll go? And here's another inconvenient truth. Money and weapons keep flowing into Ukraine, but despite months of war and sanctions, the Russian ruble remains strong and an end to hostilities seems as far away as ever. Maybe no one wants that war to end. Wars don't determine who's right anyway. Wars determine who's left. Ultimately, this is all about wealth and power. Not money, remember. Money is to wealth as a menu is to a steak. One's a worthless bit of paper. The other, something that will keep you alive. This is about actual wealth and its acquisition. It's about the already super rich getting hold of even more of the real things. Land, buildings, natural resources, gold. While we are supposed to be frightened out of our wits, squabbling among ourselves and just hoping that one day it will all be over, a relative handful of others are hoovering up all the wealth as planned. Whichever way you slice it, an economic and societal shock on a scale that has not happened in lifetimes, if ever, is on its way. The world we live in is built in its entirety upon unimaginable and now unsustainable levels of debt, trillions, quadrillions of dollars worth. There's always much more debt in the world than money, so that it's never possible to settle the debt. Now that debt, all that created money, is about to come crashing down. Don't be fooled by Sunak and the rest and their about-face, their pretense that they were with us all along. Covid and lockdown carried them only so far, but they planned to go much further. Disease, war, famine, death... The same people always ride on the same four horses. Now is not the time to take our eyes off the ball, not by a long chalk. Keep watching the usual suspects. As I say, you ain't seen nothing yet. Amen. Man, he nailed that. <laughs> yeah, I, was, uh, I thought that, that one was pretty epic. I, I laughed so. out loud when he said, uh, when he said socialists uh, don't care. They just, they just hate the, the, the rich. All, uh, the same way, but they just—they they don't actually care about the poor. They just hate the rich. The same way that they're doing the richest bidding with their infantile protesting. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. That's uh, nailed it. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Oklahoma City mayor, you know, glory to Ukraine, and breaking off sister city relations with the. Wait, that's the mayor. Yeah, that was the mayor of Oklahoma oh. City that tweet i sent you with the giant ukraine flag and like we we broke off our sister city relationship with the evil russians and glory to ukraine like oh that's yeah but i uh, have i have an article it is incredibly long i am not going to read the whole thing but let me read the first little bit this is a Substack article this is from actually february 15th of this year 
All right, good to see you going for the Substack articles. It's yeah, good. I got. I, I look. At, I look at a lot of the Substack. There's people I, re, I ever look at. There's uh, one of them. You were the first. You were the first Substacker of the two of us. But <laughs> wow. Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, I was on there and subscribed to Dvorak and a couple other people. Yeah. Now, now I subscribe to some flat earther and the, you know some other people <laughs> too. So, but uh, the title of this is literally what the f is going on and they don't just say f um a quick comprehensive overview who is it uh a lily bit is the name of this so it's her name is lily but a quick comprehensive overview regarding what is actually currently happening on this planet when people ask you lily why are you so mad about all that is going on i often do not know how to reply for me, all the lies, inconsistencies, the taunting derision with which uh, they are enacting the most pointless, idiotic policies in human history upon you are painstakingly obvious. Here, I'll throw this in the uh, signal real quick so you have it too. Painstakingly uh, obvious. But then I remember... Uh, that very few of you have ever actually thought about this. And let's be honest, most of you still are not. So I will summarize. I like the picture of Klaus Schwab at the beginning. (laughs) It's good. Uh, So I will summarize it now in a way that is easy to understand. You clicked on this article because somewhere deep down, there is something inside you trying to speak up. Something that understood that something is very off. Even when you're not actively paying attention, you might have heard about young, seemingly healthy athletes fainting or having heart attacks. This is from February, by the way. Uh, maybe you hear about the people who are, as the media claims, dying suddenly and unexpectedly. Perhaps you have heard about the quarantine camps in Australia. Maybe you've taken the effort to research about just uh, and this just to realize how unpleasantly similar these structures are to the uh, faculties during the darkest moments of our recent history. And maybe something in your head or in your gut says these things do not add up anymore. These things are wrong. Why is the media not reporting openly and honestly? But you are probably unable to put your finger on what it is or why it's happening. And that's why you are here. However, all these things are actually not even important. These things are symptoms of a problem that is much bigger, more complicated. All these things are just small dots on a giant graph of things that have gone terribly wrong. There comes a time in your life when it's your civic duty to put aside the console, the controller, the booze, the drugs, and think about the world for a moment. Many people have never and will never do this. This is one of the main reasons why we are where we are. Even now, it is easier for you to comply. You know that all of this is idiotic. You know that you, as a probably healthy and young individual, do not need a vaccine, especially uh, not in order to regain your fundamental and basic human rights that they have taken from you. Furthermore, you know that this vaccine does not help at all. Still, you go and get the third booster, and you'll take the fourth just so that you can keep living your life. But what is life? Where do you think this will lead? How do you imagine your life and the love of your life and the ones of your loved ones will be in a few years' time? Have you ever even thought about this? Probably not. As you are constantly pretending that the vaccine helps you in rebuying your old life. You are paving the way to the most radical, far-reaching restructuring of of society in history. And not to the better. Your uh, self-deception that you can sit and wait for this all to be over is lethal. You will never get your old life back. But why is that? When you look at the giant Babylonian tower that is social media, you will find so many people who believe that they know exactly what's going on. They and only they understand it all. They know it. 
They know it's a plot to destroy America. They know it is to minimize the populace. They know there is a dangerous virus that will kill them. They know the government would never do them bad. And then they know that you are a lowlife for not getting vaccinated. They know Iran, the CIA, ISIS, Trump, Democrat Party is behind all of it. They know, they know, they know, they know, and they go and they put that on Twitter. So do they? Do they really know? Or are they just assuming? Just like you, assume things that people... uh, about people that you do not know all the time? Or are they just trying to explain nonsense to themselves? This is completely understandable. At least they are trying to find answers. But here's the thing. We are not experiencing a Marxist uprising in the U.S., at least not in a classical sense. We are not experiencing a terrifying pandemic. What we are experiencing is a monetary reset. If you look at the last two years as a society, we have been very zoomed in and reactionary to everything that is coming our way. You might look at the pandemic and say that every little step of this has been a reaction to something that was flung at us. But if you zoom out and take a different point of view, it allows you to act more intelligently and proactively in how you're going to approach the next eight to 10 years. Why eight to 10 years? The monetary reset historically lasts about six to 10 years. We are about two years into it now. And I think it is highly likely that it will conclude somewhere around 2030. So you're asking yourself, what the heck is going on? What the F is going on? Just view everything through a monetary reset. View all the curveballs that are coming your way through opportunistic scramble to redefine the monetary order and the hierarchy of power, including who will be the who will be hegemon next. With that, you already have a far better understanding of what all this is about, and it gives you the opportunity to be proactive and figure out what to do about the situation. Frankly, if you're just sitting there waiting for the pandemic to be over, believing that after you can return your to your life, or maybe even having arranged yourself with a new normal, you will get into a terrible position very quickly. The long cycle is dead. Long live the long cycle. In 1609, the Bank of Amsterdam became the first bank to offer accounts directly convertible to coin, which effectively made it the first central bank in human history. This ultimately failed because they became too exuberant with their newly discovered powers. This tradition has carried on since, manifesting the ability to perpetuate time theft across people who deal in these monies, ultimately leading to the emergence of two cycles. Everybody knows about the business cycle, the short cycle, which basically means there's a boom period, then a recession. Even people on the progressive left, even younger people, even notoriously gullible Gen Z understand the business cycle and understand that there is some kind of unfairness and injustice to it. Fewer people tend to know that the long cycle seems to last 60 to 80 years. The long cycle is what happens when you are driving an economy using a power printer and Keynesian economics. This basically means you're a money printer. I'm sorry, Sportian Sliff. A money printer when you're driving the economy using a money printer in Keynesian economics. This basically means you are expanding the economy at some point you can no longer prevent it from imploding. So what seems to happen, is, and what is becoming clear to countless insiders, is the financial system that props up the world that allows us to interact with each other is crumbling and falling apart. So basically the people who sit at the top of the system steering the long cycle are being called to do work that is something to do something that is very tedious and expensive. They have to tear down the current long cycle and preempt the next long cycle with a narrative. If they do not do that, then the next long cycle will be emergent. That means without their interference and steering, they would lose power they have over the financial system. Hence, they would lose all of their power. The enemy of central structure like our current government or the financial system, or the, this is my own 
interpretation or the uh, the hidden hand, the the uh, the man behind the curtain, the deep state, the uh, thirteen banking families, the Rothschilds, the you know, Illuminati. There's a lot of words for them. Satan. <laughs> Friends of Epstein, servants of Satan. The enemy of central structure like our current government or the financial system is the free emergence of a new narrative. They can't have that. So for the people steering the long cycle, which are basically the private shareholders of the central banks, the titans of industry, and the top statesmen have tremendous interest in not letting this happen. If we're not taking action now by prepping you for a new narrative, they will lose control they have and become unable to steer the society in the direction they want. Um, we get the idea. Uh, let me go a couple more paragraphs and all. Yeah, it's, it it's, I think it's really good. So okay. go as long as you want. Where are we now? Most people are looking at human history by pointing out wars or other historical events to use them as a base from which they derivate their views and opinions on the current narrative. However, what you should actually do is view history through the lens of long cycles. History is punctuated by monetary reset. Currently, we are at the end of a long cycle and if you have thought that framing uh and if you have that framing which we just talked about you will expect to see people that steer the construct emerging to tear down the current one and inject a narrative for the next one so what do we see we see what do you see (laughs) you see the world economic forum which is the main think tank of all these industry titans and heads of state and also multi-generational banking families working their way up to their agenda of 2030 the great reset narrative for the past 10 years the term great reset has been made famous by german economist klaus schwab who is the founder and executive chairman of the world economic forum I've been following and documenting the posturing of the World Economic Forum, central banks, and private companies in the tech sector like Stripe and their idea for the digital panopticon run on a central bank digital currency for a while. And what has come to my attention is in the past two years, they have started moving incredibly hastily. So you might think that it will that it will not even take as long as described earlier. The other thing you expect to see are signals of the current long cycle being torn down. If you look at the previous long cycles, the way that they got torn down... See, this is this is the stuff, this right here. So I feel like that was a really awesome setup. And this, for me, was the meat. I think everybody can take different stuff out of this. And, of course, this article will be linked in the show notes. But this is, the, this is what I've been noodling on ever since I read this article the first time. The other thing you can expect to see are the signals of the current long cycle being torn down. If you look at previous long cycles, the way that they are t- torn down was by creating a conflict. Some sort of fear event or chaos large enough that the people would be so preoccupied with their fear and safety that you could basically excavate the productive capital of the last 60 or 80 years using money printing. So you hyperinflate the currency and you take as many hard assets as you can and people will be so preoccupied with sheltering in place and all this, we are all in this together, or at least we're going to make it through crap, that afterwards they would simply say, it couldn't be helped. If you're looking at World War One and World War Two, people were just grateful to be in the next chapter of society, no matter how it looked. But what is different now? Nuclear weapons have proliferated, proliferated heavily, so the old model of causing chaos to keep people distracted while they extract their wealth and completely reshape society, because they are the only ones with the cohesive narrative of what the next monetary order will be based on, does not work. The weaponry is too strong and too broadly distributed for giving them any opportunity to wage war like they would have done 
uh, like they have done 80 years ago. And so you might look at the past two cycles and you will find a new model for tearing down the long cycle. Trump woke, excuse me, Trump racism, wokeism, COVID-19 vaccines, and now Russia have been the biggest just drivers of biggest drivers of distraction and division in the past four years. The power structure has been using a divide and conquer tactic to keep people quibbling between each other when actually they should have paid attention to what was going on around them. Some of you may argue that, so the puppet masters, some of you may now argue that society is so incredibly complex that the politicians are so exuberantly incompetent that there cannot be someone at the helm steering all this. If you know anything about complex distributed systems, you know that all of these things simply can be incentives. Also, the image of some person being the single super brain behind it all does not sound very convincing. But besides, who should that be? Which person is so incredibly powerful to reign above everyone on this planet? There is no such person, right? Right? There's no one behind the curtain. Or is there? The truth sits, as always, somewhere in between. Several central banks... Uh, distributed throughout the world more or less control society because they are the ones that that can <clears throat> perpetrate time theft and they can pay people with the monetary uh, money that they with the money that they print power like this tends to make you believe that you are somewhat allowed to live above the law and it tends to let you live and tends to let you think that you are entitled to deciding the important things about society the thing is it is not really uh or necessarily known who the private owners of these banks are. If you know anything about the way Keynesian economics work, then you know that it has strong uh, centralizing effects. That means if I were to look in at anything else in the soft money society, it tends towards monopoly. Any industry where you can enact regulatory modes and the ability to get closer to the money printing has this strong centralizing effect. It is basic logic that the private owners of these banks tend to smaller groups of people that wish to stay private owners of the money printing mechanism of the money printing mechanisms of the world. If you would go also to reason that the top statesmen, it would also go to reason that the top statesmen and the top industry titans would also wish to stay in the club. I would not necessarily argue. <clears throat> that this kind of social club is a cabal. It is more something like a multi-hundred-year set of in-the-know families who happen to know something about how assets... happen to know some things in assets that allow them to stay there. And there are industry titans and statesmen that want to be in this small club. It's not like some secret society. It's more like some strong incentives in a soft-money world. It is basically the top heirs of the Cantillian effect who do not wish to be dethroned, and so they show up to work every 60 or 80 years because their primary job is to monitor and manage these long cycles of the monetary reset. They let you go to war, they let you have conflicts, and while they inject a narrative for the next long cycle, they negotiate what the monetary hierarchy will be for the next chapter of the world, and they help choose who will be the hegemon of the reserve currency. It is real incentives that they have the natural cantillion effect of monopolizing functions in society, and in this case, the function is the ability to print money. Uh, are we good? Or we keep going. Oh, I think we're good. All it was right. good. I was. I gotta get some water. Sorry. <laughs> People can read the rest if they if they want to. But yeah, I, th I think it's good, and I think the financial aspect of it uh, is absolutely a big part of it. I don't think I would go quite as far as she is, where she's claiming it's that's all, all it is, and you know. But uh, that is absolutely part of it. And, I mean, 
as the little people, what exactly are we supposed to do? Like, you see it coming, yeah. but they're just going to, whether they squeeze it out of you on your electric bill or car <laughs> payment or uh, medical bills or, you know, the <laughs> if you're not broke now, you're going to be. I mean, that's kind of the where it's going. And, oh, you were, you, you thought you could get ahead of the scam by getting into cryptocurrency how's that working out for you or a oh, real estate you bought a house congratulations wait to see what <laughs> wait to see what happens to that and see find out who really owns the house you know it's it's it can certainly be frustrating dealing with it and the you know there's probably no aspect of it more frustrating than the financial part of it and I don't know. I think there, rather than one secret society, there's a bunch of secret societies. But it's no. I agree. I agree. I I I thought that the it was too simplistic of a view <coughs> as well. Uh, but I the macro level look at this article, I think is dead on. This yeah. is a big part of what's going on, and it yeah. and it totally makes sense to me. It just I don't know. It was like a bell rang in my head. It was like that makes so much sense. Like. This is a restructuring of the world, but without the world war. Because if there was, <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Well, don't be so sure there's not going to be a world war, but yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hey, it may still come. But I'm just saying, like, without the major conflict and chaos that they could risk losing. that, And it goes back to, you know, uh, James Corbett talked about this a lot. But, like, if you look back at, like, what was happening in 2019... Um, you know, there was uprisings in France and there were, you know, the Hong Kong protests and there was just, mm -hmm. I don't, they can't lose their grip. Yeah. There was what, like, well, what's China going to do with all these protests? And yeah. Hmm. Yeah. What's China going to do? They had mainland protests. They had protests in Hong Kong, everything else. Well, now, now we don't care. Now it's just going to be, you know, China's going to march Did you on. see the TikTok video of the people dying instantly of COVID? Yeah. Totally legit. Totally legit. But it, I don't know, it just rang true to me that, hey, this is a huge narrative distraction. And man, is it, is it, all, is it just chocked full of, of just, they've been working on it for years, but it's just chocked full of distraction, whether it's Trump, wokeness, you know, you name it. It's got something for everybody, something well, to make everybody mad. The wokeness is a weapon too, though. You know, that's... That's part of the weakening your enemy. We're the enemy. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, you, <laughs> it's not so much you go, you know, the social media thing, you go woke, go broke. That's part of it, but go woke, go weak. You know, and that, I think that's what it, from a geopolitical, like, ah, we had to bring the American military is still a little too strong. We need to, to, woke it up a bit to even things out for whether it's military conflict or some other merging, but the, the U S dollar is not going to be the world reserve currency for very much longer. If they get their, you know, that's absolutely part of the plan at and, this point. And one of the reasons I wanted to read that was after listening to you, I, it, it was listening to your Scotsman there. It, it all kind of blended together. And he talked about like, 
you know, where, where's the ruble? Remember the, oh, the ruble's crashing and <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, and it kind of reminded me, it's like, dang, that's another aspect of this. Like remember March, you know, 2020 when the, the whole thing went down, the mm-hmm. entire financial system collapsed, who bought it that day? Because within days it just starts going up and mm-hmm. going up and going up. The fear was in the streets. People were buying, somebody was buying it all up, whether it was, BlackRock, Vanguard, or you know somebody. Somebody was buying up all that stock at that time and drove up the price almost immediately. Well, the Federal Reserve, in some in some cases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then uh, we got trillions of dollars in. Uh, or excuse me, is it like a two? It's a trillion dollar overnight lending that's going on behind the scenes. I mean, this it, we're we're still dealing with. I watched earlier today. Uh, James Corbett released a flashback where he had. Uh, can't forget this guy's name, uh, Michael Chesodovsky, and they he interviewed him about uh, no Michelle Michelle Chesodovsky, and they interviewed him about the 2009 bailouts. Who and he succinctly explained what was going on in the 2009 bailouts. That that whole thing never got fixed. Economy from 13 years ago. This whole thing never got mm-hmm. solved. This is just it just keeps going. We're just keep kicking the can down the road, and they have to be in control to make sure that the narrative plays out exactly as it should. To make sure there's no giant uprising crashing of the economy that they're not directly in control of. Well, in the one of the bubbles, you know, we're kind of in the everything bubble. Uh, it was. It's not just the housing bubble. It's housing bubble, but a big part of the everything bubble is the student loan bubble. Oh. And this whole student loan quote forgiveness thing. So when a loan is forgiven, that means you don't have to pay pay back the bank right? That's loan forgiveness. What this is, is the government turning around and paying off the bank for you. So the banks are still made whole because the government guaranteed all those loans. So this is what basically had to happen regardless uh, because no one's paying their student loans at this point. Either they can't or they're waiting for this loan forgiveness or COVID, you know, they didn't have to keep paying. So am I the only chump that paid mine off? Like, <laughs> No, I did too. You know, f- financial genius that I am. Uh, waited to buy a house. <laughs> paid off all my student loans. Yeah. Yeah. It was well done. Well done. Uh, so, um, yeah. I don't know. The student loan thing's... Well, that's, you know... It's such a scam in the first place. N- no, Tim, let's let's go to the expert who okay. will explain it to you because I think you were about to have some wrong think Uh-oh. there. So before you do that... Oh, yes. Uh, I didn't even know. Yeah, it's, I've, I found the expert already. I, it, yeah. it sticks, okay. sticks out like a sore thumb. I know yeah, exactly. it'll all make sense after hearing this. Okay, I'm holding on tight. Here we go. Please... Explain it to me. It's always explaining the tough things. Who specifically is footing the bill for student loan forgiveness? We haven't gotten a concrete answer from the administration yet. Well, let's start with this. First of all, uh, a lot of the same people who are criticizing what we rightly did in following through on a commitment that we made um, to forgive student loan debt uh, are the same people who voted for a tax cut for the richest Americans. So when we look at who is benefiting from this, 90% of the people who are going to benefit from student loan forgiveness make under $75,000 a year. 
And that debt has been the reason that they're unable to start a family, buy a home, and pursue their piece of the American dream. Prices have gone up. Oh, okay. All right. Yep. There you go. Do you, under, do you understand now, Tim? I just, I don't. It's something <laughs> so about 97 You just listened to her talk. percent her respond to who's going to pay for it. Do you understand who's going to pay for it now? 97% of people are, <laughs> who make under 75000 are now going to be able to start, start a family. So, okay. This is all I want to say about loan forgiveness, student loan forgiveness, is that it is a banker bailout. Another banker bailout. It's another banker bailout. That's all it is. Do they not is. think they're going to be able to get their money out of the people? Is that it? Yeah, they know they're not getting the money out of people. <laughs> and this is like a kind of a desperation, like, okay, we're going to make you start paying student loans again, but we're going to... We're gonna call, you know, ten grand of it loan forgiveness. So of the hundred grand that you're not paying anything on, uh, could you pay some of it now, please? Uh, I think that's kind of the. I'm surprised they're not tying it to. Okay, you have to, like, be current for a certain number of months before you can get any loan forgiveness. I don't. I don't know. There's, and there, there's also the aspect of. It hasn't happened yet. Yes. And I think politically what they want yes. is the Republicans to throw a fit yeah. and this to go to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court to shoot nothing, it down. They have nothing to run on. There's literally nothing yeah. to run on. And the, then the, the big bad Supreme Court that took away your, quote, right to abortion has now taken Consti away your student loan right. forgiveness. Constitutional yeah. right. Jefferson wanted to make sure that was in yeah. there. To, you, yeah. can, you can abort a baby. Yeah. So that's, and you can have your student loan forgiveness. That's in the Constitution, too. Yeah. Yeah. Student loan forgiveness is in the Constitution for free <laughs> education. So, it, yeah, this is like everything else. It's a the actual agenda doesn't match with the stated agenda there. But, you know, from a political standpoint, if I were a political hack for the Republicans, I'd just let them do it. And just let them do the loan forgiveness thing. Yeah, because they're killing themselves. Really, they're not. Yeah. They're not going. I don't think and, they're going to win any voters. Although there the, was there was a guy at my last job who only voted for Biden because he thought he was going to get his loan forgiven. And by the way, uh, you know when when we have to count on the Republicans to stand up on the student loan forgiveness. Where were you on Ukraine? Oh, you were supporting. Billions after billions after billions. Just oh, it's for Ukraine. Okay, praise right. to Ukraine. Glory, Glory to, to Ukraine. Ukraine. <laughs> Glory to Ukraine. Yeah, that's the that's the Oklahoma City mayor. Yep. Oh, eat your, eat your heart out, Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, but it's it's like woke, but in a delayed like our radio stations still play twenty years ago music way. It's like. We're trying to be Seattle, but we're we didn't get the memo till now that we're on Ukraine. Yeah, so so many anyway. good interactions with other human beings around here that you can't have in the Northwest. You know, I will say the Piedmont mayor who you know rides in a in the loader part of a of a yeah. tractor and the parade or on a hay bale. Uh, I've got a feeling he's not not going for that, but. <laughs> 
power, glory to Ukraine? Yeah, I, I would guess. I don't know, but yeah. Yeah. well, but, uh, man, I, I don't know. Sorry, it's it's going to be a long show, folks. Um, while we're talking, we've we've covered a lot of different parts, and there's a couple directions we could go. But I wanted to make sure I got these clips in there because I spent quite a bit of time going through them. So the uh, one of Will's YouTuber friends, and I will look up and make sure I credit her in a second. Uh, her recent video had a clip from what was a a one-act play that was on the BBC in 1968 called Newsbenders. All right. And so I went and watched it and took a bunch of clips from it. So the, the premise is this guy who is some sort of uh, TV producer, director guy, goes in and... He gets called into the CWNS. We'll find out what what that's for later. Uh, it's the Classified World News Service, and um, hilarity ensues here. But uh, let's go ahead and play the Newsbenders CWNS intro. Keep in mind this was put out in uh, 1968. I was muted. Whoops. Very surprised we got you to come here, Mr. Larkin. Well, I couldn't see what the CWNS would want with me. Still can't. Do you know anything about us? Oh, I heard one or two things when I was working for the BBC. What'd you hear? CWNS set up midway between the government and the TV companies. Any time the newsreel boys put out stuff with security classification, wars, weapons, political leaks, they get their film through this office. All right, so that's what they are. And go ahead and hit the next clip there. But you wouldn't get anything else out of it. No, it isn't black. Oh, sorry, just <laughs> pause it for a second. So he... The guy who was called in is then told all this like very personal stuff, including that he'd been having an affair. And so the, the CWNS guy has all this dirt on him. Surveillance. So that's that's where we're at now with this clip. Get anything else out of it? No, it isn't black. <laughs> We've just been interested in you for a long time. Interested? You went back to your wife because you said it was two against one. I call that very responsible. We're interested in very responsible people. In fact, we have a little index for them. We call it their power quotient. A ratio of responsibility as against aggression. Yours is very low. 0.2. That's very low. Just what we need. Sit down. Please. I'm sorry, the language must seem rather strange at first, but we take it very seriously. Just to show you how seriously, I'm going to tell you how we checked up on you. We call these things uh, surgical transmitters. One was fitted inside you when you went into the Charing Cross Hospital three years ago. Uh, Appendix, wasn't it? Transmitter? Are you trying to tell me that you listen to every word I say? A machine does. (laughs) Untouched by human hand. Hmm. 
So, and of course, this is 1968, so the uh, transmitter is <laughs> supposedly tiny, but it looks pretty giant compared to <laughs> what we have now. Uh, but they, you know, stuck a transmitter in them. That, that's how they know all this stuff about them. And it it goes on with them kind of proving that. He, he disbelieves it, and they play recorded audio where you can hear his heart beating and... <laughs> him talking um but uh this uh i like this quote on uh on the news in the third clip there we want people with low power quotients we want them to work for us nothing more sinister than that all this just to offer me a job special sort of job the newspapers talk about the corridors of power the, the power elite let's just say We'd like you to join the club. Oh. There's a vacancy in our newsreel department. We'd like you to help plan the news for 1973. Come again? Plan the news for 1973. What are you doing? I just want to make sure the sunlight's real. I always tell people news is the most highly developed form of fiction. The most difficult. It was kind of tough to hear there. Did you catch the news is the most developed form of fiction? I got it. Yes. (laughs) So so it takes him back there into a a side room and you see uh, models of like uh, spaceships and missiles and stuff like that. So that's that's where they're at for the for the next one. This is going to happen in 1973. You're going to make this happen? No. We're going to make models much cheaper. Then we photograph the models. Fake newsreels? Yes, fake newsreels. For the past 10 years, people have been looking at our fake newsreels and listening to our fake commentaries. And they accept it for the truth. And you can do it. Stop 100 people in the street. How many of them have actually seen a missile or a satellite? They're that they're just told they exist and they believe it. Yeah, you're getting there. I knew you would. Well, now the moon rocket and, and the satellite, that you can get away with. That's too remote for people to grasp. It's too far away. But, uh, I mean, you invented this village on the Indo-Chinese border. Oh, yes. Well, somebody could check up. Very mountainous territory up there. There'll be no survivors in 1973. No rescue work. Radiation scare. Yes. You can do it. This could be the news for 1973? Not necessarily exactly like this. We only plan in detail one year ahead. Oh, you only plan one year ahead. Uh, Hey, um, tell me, what is the news item that's bothered you the most in the past year, 1967? Well, it it has to be the new American intercontinental ballistic missile, the, the, the Boy Wonder, doesn't it? Just the one I asked him to set up for you. The new ICBM, codenamed Boy Wonder, with a much-talked-about Mercury warhead. Uh, I haven't any special effects up here, but perhaps with, with the proper sound. Last And Robert Larkin, television director, high IQ, 35 years old, is scared. Scared by nothing. It doesn't work. It's a scientific impossibility. 
The same goes for the much-talked-about Mercury warhead. <laughs> First specs. Well, if, if this rocket doesn't work, then the others... That... They have a fireworks party at Cape Kennedy almost every other day. Well, you didn't really believe there were all these things whizzing about up there, did you? Uh, Sputniks and rockets. <laughs> Astronauts crossing their legs for eight days. How long has this been going on? Since Hiroshima. And, and the H-bomb, you mean, that doesn't work either? Right. Hmm. <laughs> so, 1968. So this is pre-moon landing, right? But um, I think, did we miss a clip? Wait. Uh, I don't know. Did I, did I, we're supposed to have a clip in there? So did was that uh, 1973 or was that since Hiroshima? That was since Hiroshima. Okay. So the uh, it'll still make sense. Just this clip was before. Let's play the 1973 one. Wow, 1969. You were right. So which one am I supposed to play? Uh, let's play 1973. All right. So this is still. So this is where when they walk back there. This is just before the the last clip we played. Got it. My fault. 1973. We've only roughed out the news for 1973. Nothing's been given the go ahead yet, but this uh, this is the kind of thing we have in mind. Today, April 14, 1973. First historic pictures by Radstar of the combined U.S.-Russian landing on the moon. Shown here are Majors Webb and Mikhailovich taking their first steps into the unknown, firing their retro rockets to land their spacecraft on the dust-covered surface. A comforting note for us stay-at-homes, both the Pentagon and the Kremlin have announced that the moon has no strategic value. A comforting note for us stay-at-home. I can't show you any film on this next model. We haven't photographed it yet. But, um... This is the way it will sound. June the 22nd, 1973. The State Department releases film of the ultimate weapon, codenamed Icarus. This satellite is equipped with a solid reactor. In layman's terms, it can freeze air solid, stopping all missiles, killing all forms of life. Icarus orbits at the same speed as the Earth, can hang in position over every major city that threatens the peace-loving nation. So there's some of the big 1973 stories there. Uh, you got the geocentric satellites, you got the travel to the moon, and you got the the Russians being in on it, which we find out a little, a little later also. That's always one of the objections is like, well, you know, the countries can't be in on it together. They can't all be lying to us. Well, that's uh, certainly the, the premise of this of this show and um i'll kind of throw this in here uh this was directed by rudolph cartier okay i don't know if you've heard of him uh interesting background born in austria and worked in germany and then worked for the bbc and one of his uh more famous productions there 1984 
and he also he also did uh, uh, an episode on the assassin Lee Harvey Oswald with like some official story propaganda there. Wow, that's interesting too. Yeah. Wow. So I, I'm just I'm absolutely speculating, but I feel like. <laughs> This character is is very much him going in and and finding out how the world actually works there. But hmm. so. all right, the rest are at C C W N S organization. The rest are is that it? yes. The the rest are working for us. Yep. Near the top of the hierarchy, there are the economists, top civil servants, top brass in the military. Those men who are supposed to view the nuclear tests and so on. And above them, CWNS. Right at the top. Classified World News Service. Just a few, just a very few of the top people in communications in every major country in the world. Oh, you mean you, you run all these magazines? No, of course not. We just get them to take some of our coffee every week. Television is much more important to us. All happens so quickly. You say you can put out what pictures you like on television. Doesn't anybody try to stop you? No, nobody wants to. 99.386% of the population wouldn't believe this conversation. And the rest are working for us. (laughs) Very exact percentage there. uh, Climate change percentage right there. Yeah. So then uh, just a couple more clips there, uh, more about the structure of this, of course, fictional world, uh, Newsbenders' Empty Bellies. And remember that one quarter of the world is starving. There are the full bellies and the empty bellies. Some of the empty bellies carry rifles. Well, we full bellies are getting a bit flabby. We're not very good with rifles anymore, so we've devised two ways to keep the empty bellies under control. One of them is this fictitious hydrogen bomb we've talked about. The other one is money. Enough money to fill some of the empty bellies and put a hopeful smile on the faces of the others. A great wall of money all around Britain. And it's no secret that the British economy is in trouble at the moment. So we have to put that right too to stay alive. We have to control the people in this country. Scare an ostrich, buries its head in the sand. You scare a hedgehog, it rolls itself up into a ball. When a woman's frightened, she goes out and buys herself a hat. <laughs> Very un-PC, but uh, reminiscent of George W. Bush's, like... Go shopping. Go shopping, yeah. You're not still going to ask me to work for you. Do you need a prelude on this? No, go for it. To ask me to work for you. I'm afraid I've had to put all this rather bluntly. You see, there wasn't really very much time. Uh, it must be rather a shock. Uh, well, I mean, most people realize that the world is controlled from about six big cities. But it must be rather shocking to learn that a sixth of the world is controlled from this building. You mean you? Oh, no. I only rate an office on the seventh floor. There are two other offices above this one. And a giant computer system. Link number four in world control. A computer? What's so remarkable about that? It's just a machine that can store a vast amount of information. A machine that knows too bloody much. Now you're being hysterical about it. 
computer's very simple. You feed data into it, anything from the Wall Street closing crisis to the North Atlantic weather. And you and get decisions. That machine's taken you over. It's just a machine. Extra hands for the people who know how to control it. Well, I ought to tell you, we pay a great deal of money. We can afford to. We save such a lot on things like the national defence budget and so on. We would start you off at a quarter of a million pounds a year. Oh. Rising to a million when you make the Ministry of Morality, which I know you will. Will you let me out of here? One little point. I should have told you about these uh, surgical transmitters. There's enough of this stuff inside you at this moment to kill six people. There's a button we can press. I'm sorry about the dramatics. <laughs> Our boys call these things the oral contraceptive. Keeps them from talking too much. So there must be one of those transmitters inside you. Who presses the button? Extra hands. All this stuff about the computer being extra hands for the men and how to control it. That machine controls you. You start on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> well, well may, maybe Trump's got the transmitter in him. Maybe we all got the transmitter in us at this point. <laughs> the self-assembling. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know. We're going to break for a donation segment. If this isn't worth your time and your money, I don't know what is. <laughs> this guy's, he's, him and Will bringing clips from way back. Seemingly unrelated, but very much related. Very much related. This is, yeah, so that there is a new uh, Truth is Stranger Than Fiction out there on the Artemis thing. Artemis, Queen of Broken Arrows. I watched it right before the, the show, so people should definitely check that out. And I'm having a terrible time finding Yvonne is her name, and I'd, I'd have to find her YouTube channel. Uh, let's see. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I will find it. Go ahead and start with the donation segment. All right. Well, I don't have it open. Can you open it up over there? Let's sure. See here. Well, the number one donor. His name? Danny yes. from Medford. Danny from Medford, Oregon comes in with $25. All right. As you guys may have noticed, we don't take any donations. Or actually, no, we do. Uh, that's, <laughs> we, we're pretty we do. much. As you may have noticed, we don't take any advertising money. We stay on the air mainly by Danny from Medford, Oregon. Yes. Single-handedly <laughs> funding this entire operation. He's our Rockefeller. He's our Rockefeller. <laughs> Sorry, Danny. I didn't mean to say that like that, but. He single-handedly supports this show by contributing $25 an episode. You may be asking yourself, self, how does Danny contribute $25 an episode? I don't know how he does it, but maybe you could contribute $1 an episode, which would be like $4 a month. That's like, if we're doing two, three-hour shows, that's like a quarter of an hour i mean it's that's nothing you could do that yeah. it's no big deal i mean the one the, the news i'm getting with the low donations i know it's the summer doldrums and whatnot but what i'm reading from this whole thing is the longer the show the less donations andrew what do you think <laughs> what it's the, like. the more work we do the less uh, yeah, the, less the less, donations the less it pays off the longer the show the more clips the less donations. the more shows too we've been cranking them out 
cranking them out. They yeah. don't call me 52 shows a year for nothing. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I've, I'm, I've got some hard decisions to make. So it's either like, you know, work harder on the podcast and the sub stack, which is what I would like to do, or like get a second job, figure out some, I don't know, copywriting or something that I can do do on the side for oh, some I have a but, copy uh, you'd be really good at that. I have a copywriting book too. I bought like an ebook, a giblet, a little Oh really? You, you yeah. know about Gumroad? No. Gumroad, you got to get on Gumroad. So Gumroad is a super cool uh site. I recommend anybody go there. But you can self-publish stuff there and you can look through what people other people have self-published and you can buy like a how-to guide or a book about this or that and usually the you know the prices are you know fairly reasonable i think i got zuby's book it was like 20 bucks on there you can get i got marks of a beautiful family it was like two or three dollars there's a copywriting book it was like 20 something dollars but super cool uh website i highly recommend it but it's it's you know not necessarily people who got published but people who self-published without using amazon they oh, cool. upload it to Giblet and or Giblet. They upload it to Gumroad. You pay the money, and then a PDF is either emailed to you, or you can have it sent to your Kindle, or you can read it directly from the Gumroad uh, app or website. So, uh, pretty cool. But yeah, I have I literally have a book from Gumroad about copywriting that I should probably get. That's to cool. You. The, there's a few. Yeah. So I don't know if I would be good at copywriting. But there, I do foresee some problems, uh, <laughs> like what I would be copywriting for. There's a pretty limited thing, you know, segment of businesses that I would be okay promoting, you know. Uh, you know, I'm so not going to be writing uh, like big pharma copy, but that's a surprise to me. <laughs> You so know, the the, you the YouTube channel before I before I forget I found it. It's Avon and it's Christian Observer on YouTube. So check okay. that out too. That's it's like uh, Will's. Uh, yeah. So student, he, he isn't it. Well, he so the uh, truth is stranger than fiction genre now has multiple artists in it and she's one of them yeah so very cool you could also do resume writing i've been looking into this oh i'm i can't even write my own resume well i could send you the template all you got to do is you get this questionnaire sent to you and then you fill that out and then you just take those words condense them down do you know this like what's going on with this whole resume situation right now it's all not not a joke not a joke it's all Machine learning. Oh, okay. Did you know that? Yeah. All these resumes are being read by like some machine. They have to have certain words in it. Oh, they're being read by a machine. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, I have heard been, stuff about this. They're yeah. all being scanned. It's called the ATS. What does it mean? ATS resumes. But, uh, yeah, your, your resume won't even get looked at unless you include this situation. Hmm. Create an ATS friendly. What is an applicant tracking system? ATS. 
uh, is a human resource software that allows employers to organize large numbers of applicant resumes. Recruiters and hiring managers can search their ATS by keyword to discover well-matched applicants. You can improve your chances of grabbing recruiters' attention by optimizing your resume keywords and ensuring your resume sections are easily identifiable by the ATS. Interesting. Holy cow. Yeah. So I've been looking into updating the old resume, and apparently I need to get all my ATS uh, words in there. So it feels like the, you know, the news benders upstairs computer is running hiring. Now. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, bro, it's worse than that. They're not running hiring. <laughs> news benders upstairs computer is in every single yeah. home in America sitting yeah. on the mantle. And you, you, you think of it as a timer and a recipe, you know, box or a, an audio mm-hmm. speaker. But it's uh, it's watching you. It's watching you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. It. That's for sure. So I, I, you know, I just say if people were considering donating, this would be a good time. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just put it that way. Yeah. So we're we're always grateful, but uh, be especially grateful. So. Yep. Yep. And uh, I appreciate all the people who reached out to me who wanted to get a uh, link to the uh, online store and. Uh, Hopefully that'll you know if you send send us an offer or something and you say you're from the podcast we'll give you a little discount. So anyway, you have to sign up for I think it's Poshmark is the is the app that it's on. I'm trying to get our own store going. There's a lot of a lot of moving parts to this whole deal, but yeah, just uh, I'm updating my resume too. Just trying to figure out what in the world we're gonna do here. They're gonna it appears that the plan is to bleed everybody dry. Yes. So, and yes. electric bills going up and uh, and all that good yeah, good stuff you know it's like it i'm having a good month when i sell kind of like the minimum <laughs> amount now it's like well yeah so there's we're losing more revenue than we're gaining but could i you know it's not, not the greatest time to ask for a raise I'll put it that way yeah so. yeah maybe maybe get a a local job related to oil or something Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, do, do I strike you as the, the type of person who would just be able to, to do all that oil rigging stuff? Is that? <laughs> oh, no, no, the, There's a lot of jobs around. Oil no, I know. That doesn't include going out to the... <laughs> Have you ever seen those dudes? Like, oh, they're unbelievable. Quick five, yeah. ten second videos and they're like... They accomplished some crazy amount of... Yeah, it was just like giant chains sla- <laughs> flinging around. You'd like, you're waiting for their arm to get caught in something. And just, yeah, it's... Man. <laughs> Focused and ready to go. That's what, that's the deal. That's how yeah. you golf, right? Like you hit the hit the course, you just like, wait for your moment. Just, this is it. No. No? no I'm usually usually paying atten- more attention to the podcast I'm listening to than the golf, but I did shoot uh, 31 uh, for nine holes the other day. So that's, that was, that's pretty sweet. That was my best of the year, but it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Any, anyway, of course, Danny from Medford, Oregon continues to support every single show as well as our buddy, John from over there in Swallowfield, Berkshire, UK. Thank you very much, John, with your $10 donation. And then our other friend, Emily, from Highlands Ranch, Colorado, comes in with another $10. So thank you very much. 
three donors, three hours of show. Sounds about right. <laughs> anyway, so, let's well, let's move on. Uh, there's a lot more stuff to get to. There's more clips. There's more everything. There's more Andrew. There's more Tim. Uh, where do you want to go? So the newsbender stuff does actually tie in with the other set of clips I have. Um, this actually, uh, let me get back into it here. These are numbered, so easy enough. Yes, to get these are here. So Lee Merritt, we have played clips from her before. She was one of the very early. Um, I don't think she was. She was not frontline doctors, but she was one of the kind of the, you know, anti-vax questioning COVID from the beginning. You're not anti-vax, are you? But she has gone uh, much further, and you'll hear her talk about that in these clips. Um, There was kind of a substack kerfuffle recently among usually like-minded people, and it was Steve Kirsch going after the there's no virus people. Oh, okay. Okay. And he's like, there's literally pictures of a virus. Of course there's viruses. It's like, well, it's it's not what they're saying. Um, And I did throw a story in the show notes that we won't have time to get through um, that just nicely was like, hey, I like Steve Kirsch. And people be nice to him. Like he's he's clearly an honest broker and he's on our side um, telling the truth about what's going on with the vaccine and what have you. Like... But here, here, he very thoughtfully goes through the um, the challenge that Steve Kirsch laid out there, which was kind of like, of course they're real because of these papers, and he addresses all of it. But um, anyway, uh, Lee Merritt is a recent convert to the terrain theory slash. It's not really a virus side, so kind of interesting there, and you will hear. I left a little bit of Alex Jones in there, cut most of them out, uh, but uh, you'll hear a little bit of him trying to like get her back on the rails and let's come on. Of course, there's a virus, but man, you are really bringing like just bringing the heat this week. I mean, it's like <laughs> I got clips. I got clips from a play from 1968, and now I want to talk about how viruses aren't even real. Let's let's get let's get into it. Yeah. Lee Merritt, uh, DNA versus wavelength here. You know, the real issue is there, is this really even a genetic war? I, I've had this DNA strand behind me, but, you know, we're, we're not finding DNA in the vials of, of these vaccines. I think what if the, in the real quick summary of this, I think there's a lot of um, misdirection. And I think they've got us looking one way when we need to be really looking at another way, and that's wavelength. Um, we talked about it on the show here a long time ago about the implication of 5G, but I honestly, I didn't realize how, you know, I, I still thought there were viruses and DNA was like I was taught. I mean, it's kind of up my street. I'm into it, but it's 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 obscure. It's obscure. <laughs> so, but no more obscure than a than a play from 1968. Yeah. So the so she's going to talk about uh, what is in the vaccines that they've been able to identify, and this goes with uh, some of the stuff you brought earlier. So, fits in well. You know, in 2017, I know that. 
they had a they 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 were doing these eye gene therapies and we've been spending three billion dollars in genetics research every year but for that only about three percent actually goes to anything real any anything used in medicine now they claim that they've made a genetic vaccine here that goes out on the whole world but i looked it up the cost of a genetic therapy in 2017 the one that they kind of tout as being the the, the prototype it was somewhere between eight hundred thousand and a million dollars now something isn't ringing right here how can they then just suddenly within a couple of years make this so cost effective they can do a gene treatment the genetic based therapy on the whole world there's something not right here. And then you have, you know, I also, uh, Feng Zhang of the Zhang lab at MIT. Now he has a, he has a, he's a, he's what they call a bio, biological engineer. He's got a PhD in biological engineering, which is a little creepy, but he's always cited as being one of the premier genetic manipulators, having been the pioneer of CRISPR. But you know, if you go on his site and you actually read what it says, it says that he, I'll quote it, it says, although we typically talk about gene editing, in reality, we mostly do gene deleting. Our ability to precisely integrate new strategies of DNA is limited. And then the final issue here is I interviewed Dr. Purnima Wag. You may have seen a small snippet of her on the internet, but on my Rumble, I've got a two hour video so people can really watch and hear her for themselves so they get the understanding. Because there are 18 lab researchers, she's a PhD in virology. There's, there are labs researchers all over the world that have come up and said, there is no genetic material in, this, in these vaccines. And that's not one that is going to be too mishy-mashy. That's one of those things where we understand, um, you know, electrophoresis, gel electrophoresis. It's a simple way of separating molecules. If it's there, we would have seen, they should have seen it. Secondly, we have a technique called the Raman spectroscopy. So I'm, I'm telling you, they really looked at this. That also can be very precise at looking at molecules using their, um, their, refraction, I guess, using laser light. They did not find genetic material in these vials of vaccine. And they looked at they looked at uh, the Sputnik. They looked at Sinovac. They looked at all of these different. Hmm. So they are kind of led into what's in the next clip, not that one, but that one's very interesting. We we talked about a claim. I don't know even know if it's a full story, but a, a claim that uh, this was very early on in the vaccine stage where they said there's no way they're making yes, this much mRNA. Yeah. You know, and it's, and that kind of rang true to me. You know, it's, it was very rushed and it's like, really? It's this super complex stuff, but you guys can pump it out, you know, billions of doses, no problem. You can't even get the, uh, you know, the, sheets printed up with the side effects but you can you can pump out all the mrna so I, you know this i certainly think this makes sense and then um in this next clip she talks more about what is in there and that's what i i talked about previously it was it's part of warp speed trump was like there's no printing there's no time for printing <laughs> there's there's no t just call it an mrna but don't worry about actually getting any MRNA what about the in insert there. just fold up the piece of paper and put it in there yeah. We're not going to put anything on it. Nothing, nothing at so all. So, so you might be thinking, like well, if it's not, words. if it's not mRNA stuff, then maybe it's just harmless, right? Well, not so fast. 
It's not harmless, man. It's graphene oxide. It interacts with the 5G. So what they what they found in the vaccines so far, and this is labs in Germany, India, all over. Um, they found it's a base. They're all the same. They say the vaccines are all the same. They're a basis of hydrogel with uh, reduced graphene oxide. And then they've got a variety of metals in it. The one thing I can tell you for sure about graphene oxide is it is not safe. <laughs> you know, you look at it and yes, it has a lot of potential. They say a lot of potential for for all sorts of uh, inter, uh, interventions into humans. The problem is it does a lot of the things that we're seeing, the clotting, the neurologic damage. It's been it's been shown to to give you abnormal immune responses. I mean, and, and what you're saying is it it's there? a big mystery. All these labs around the world have found it's triggering the body, not as what they inject, but using your own body's chemicals to start growing these 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 complexes inside the body. We know that's happening. The question is, what is it for? And why did they have all four vaccines that were backed by the NIH cause this? Right. Again, because they're all the same, essentially. And they, their their purpose was never, let's just keep in mind, we also have to have a correct worldview that they were never here to help us. This has never been about making anybody safer. If you look at the tragedy of the child vaccine program, they're- What is this really about? Building capacitors into us? Changing the life form? Because that's what Klaus Schwab says. We're going to go in your bodies. We're going to change who you are. We're going to make you be ready to interface with machines. And it looks like that's what this does. And a bunch of people are going to be killed in the process. I think that's pretty close to the to right on. And I think they're using the graphene somehow to tr as a transformative agent. In other words, it can it can transform gigahertz to terahertz to run nanobots. It's an it's an electrical receptor. So they're putting I a mean, receptor can, in for yeah. nanobots and electromagnetic yeah. energy. Yeah. And 5G will coordinate it. So That's why they need 5G. So to dumb it down, they're putting the plug into us. They're they're putting the interface in. Yeah, anybody that says, oh, they're going to put a chip in you, that's old news. They don't need a chip. All they need is this microscopic system injected over time. I don't think they, the good news is I don't think they can do it in one piece. But and Yuval Harari has said that. He said, we're going to put nanotech in you to interface. Yep. I think that's what it is. I don't think it has, it doesn't have any other, uh, if they, look, if they wanted to just kill us outright, they could have done that a long time ago. That's not true. I don't think that's true. The, the last sentence, I was with her all the way to that last sentence. If they wanted to kill us outright, they would have done it a long time ago. I don't think, I, don't, I think they, maybe that's the plan ahead, but like that article I just read from the Substack, it's the controlled narrative. They don't want to make it too messy, too fast. They want to try to yeah. control them. It's a controlled demolition of everything. If you just right. start killing everybody that you don't like, i.e., by the way, me, you, uh, and it, it just raises too many too many questions. Yeah, you it, you it, have to do it in a subtle way, like, you know, making 2% of the vaccine vials super deadly and 98% you know, just make you infertile, something like that. So, <laughs> got some good percentages today, man. Yeah. Well, with the it's not a random number. Remember that was the when they looked at the vials, two percent of them had the no, I know, I know, super high side effects. I'm proud. But, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of me. I'm proud of our listeners. <laughs> we're the ones, right? Like we. <laughs> We're we're basically setting ourselves up. We're like, yeah, yeah, we're not going with this. This isn't a, this isn't us. We're not going to do it. You guys no. can, you know, 
This looks this this isn't the mark of the beast, but this looks strangely like what the mark of the beast would look like. So if you guys want to bring all that in, we do a, we can all have a little practice around to see who's ta- who's who's real around <laughs> here. Just do yeah. a little just do a little trial run. Just, yeah, just and- a little exercise. See who's real, who's not. I think unfortunately there's a lot more uh not real in my life than I thought. Yeah, and but there's some surprising allies and you know, I have to say, I really respect people like Lee Merritt, where, you know, she changes. She will, yeah. like, she learns new things yeah. and is, um, you know, honest enough to talk about them. That's a good thing when you see the, like, okay, here's here's my narrative. Like, the vaccines are wonderful, 95% effective, and oh. they just stick by it you know that's i let's say that's i opposite respect that i double plus ungood respect that (laughs) good reference yeah so uh wavelength yeah there's i think we're on four right yeah Uh, three or four i don't know we played three. I think we're on four. This is kind of interesting with the getting into the more of the hypothetical stuff. But we have we have some proven technology that can cause disease. But what is unproven is viral transmission, especially airborne viral disease. So let's let's turn our thinking more and let's move over to the idea that they're using toxins against us. You know, in Latin, uh, virus means toxin. And in ancient medicine, the only two treatments are purification and detoxification. And we've lost sight of that. And we've gone to this idea that that these little animacules float out of our mouth and make people sick. And everybody says, well, but I know people get sick. Yes, but you can get sick for other reasons. And I think I want to start there, actually, because it leads into all this. And it's maybe not what you're going to expect. But there, you, in the 1930s and 1920s in, in Russia, in the Soviet Union, and trust me, the Russians are way ahead of us on this research, or at least way ahead of what we're being told we have. There was a guy named Kaznacheyev, and this is what he did. He he took a tissue and he divided it in two parts, and he put cells into one container from half of the tissue and cells in a container B, let's say, from the other the other cells. And then he connected them. And, and the only thing that connected them, in, in it was in one now one chamber, but separated between the tissues was an optical window. Then he took the first side of these cells and he blasted them with, let's say, a radiation. I mean, he, he killed, he, he was going to murder the cells some way, either with radiation, uh, staphylococci, he could put in bacteria, he could put in arsenic, you, you name it. Whatever he put into side one, then he watched what 12 hours later, he watched to see if side two started changing. If the window glass was glass between those two chambers, nothing happened. But when he put in quartz, he started to see an effect. And what the effect was, and it was subsequently called the mitogenic effect, or my favorite is death photons. What he what he showed was that side B starts dying using the same pattern of death. If it was radiation, side B started dying from radiation. If it was arsenic, side B started dying with the same symptoms of arsenic death. Whatever was killing side A moved over to side B when they weren't physically correct connected. They were connected by an optical quartz window. And that quartz window allowed the UV, the difference between quartz and glasses, quartz allows ultraviolet or near ultraviolet rays to get through. 
So that's why they named them the death photons, because they said something is being given off by these cells that is causing these other cells to get sick. Now, if we take a step back and we say, look, and we know that it has an electromagnetic signature and we can capture that electromagnetic signature, just like Luc Montagnier showed and others, um, then we could, we could program and we could broadcast disease. When people say, well, if there are no viruses, how can I get sick? I'm gonna tell you, this is how. Now, Royal Rife, yeah, they did a lot. Royal Rife was doing the opposite. Royal Rife was a very uh, well-known scientist, also about the same time. He developed a microscope of 50 or 5,780 some parts that he handmade that had all quartz optics. And quartz allowed you to see all this radiation, all, you know, all the UV light, all this different wavelengths. Now, he could get 15,000 magnification off a light microscope. What can we get today? A hundred years later, we're, we're stuck you, yes, there's a picture of Royal Rife, who's, uh, who was born near where my office is, actually. But he, here he is in 1929. Now, we are in 2022, and we are still hampered by having light microscopes that don't use a complete quartz system, don't use his patented lighting, and we can get maybe 2,500. But what did he tell us? Well, he told us a lot of things, and think if we'd gone down this road. He said that he could watch with his microscope, and this is pretty impressive in the days before Foley catheters. He sat there for over 24 hours, sometimes 36 hours, I guess, without moving to observe the live bacteria. And what he showed is that bacteria had, a, had what they call a pleomorphic phase. In other words, bacteria would morph into viruses and back again into bacteria, what he called viruses. Now, they were smaller things that were moving around. He called them viruses, but they aren't what we call viruses. And the other thing he noticed was that all these different things, whether it was tuberculosis or staphylococci, whichever one it was, they had a specific wavelength. They had a different color. So a different color meant a different wavelength. And so he developed the what he called the mortal oscillatory resonance or MOR. It was a complementary wavelength or a non-complementary that could blast these things and kill them. Uh, there's a famous story, and I don't think it's apocryphal. I think this really happened. He went to multiple radio stations in San Diego, near where his lab was, and he asked them if they all simultaneously on one day would broadcast a particular frequency, a particular sound for a particular period of time. And after it was over, he announced, he said, there, we have just cured tuberculosis in San Diego. Because what he showed is that if you find the right the right frequency, you can do lots of things. So he was doing good, but there's a potential to do evil. So I'm just going to say, we, we have been, this knowledge has been hidden from us, but it was not hidden from the Germans. For example, they were doing it. We are looking at wavelength medicine, and we're looking at wavelength medical warfare. What do you think? I like it. It's interesting, at least. Yeah, it's... You know, we've we've consistently said it's got something to do with the 5G thing. You know, maybe not everything, but uh, this is an interesting spinoff of that. And uh, did you see the, the listener email that had the, the links... On the 5G stuff? Yeah, we got all kinds of listener emails this week, actually. Thank yeah, you, guys. So, thank you, everybody. Yeah, thank you. So some some good information there. And, you know, in my response, I talked about what we've talked about on the, the show. These cell towers 
the amount of electricity going to him is ridiculous. So that is something I actually got turned on to years ago. Gosh, I think I was on the conspiracy subreddit or something. And somebody put in a thread like, hey, has anybody really ever looked at what's going on with the towers? And this is pre-5G. And the number one highest comment, and it was awarded like gold multiple, multiple times. And it led me down this rabbit trail. It was, it doesn't really matter what the towers are used for. It's, uh, the, the, because it's a something, something array. I can't remember the name of it. There's a oh, yeah, yeah. It doesn't yep. really matter what the towers used for what matters is the amount of power going to it or something like that Hmm. and it was and it it talked about how it doesn't and if you if you research that topic it doesn't make sense to have that much power going to it because it doesn't actually take that much power it's a phased array phased array that's right yeah doesn't really take that much power to use that thing so no, it absolutely does not. Like if, yeah, the the amount of power doesn't match up with what they're supposedly for, and right. they look like weapon systems probably because they are weapon systems. And I, you know, it, is there some coordinated, you know, who who programs those things? Who decides uh, what they're pumping out? Is it stuff they're already doing? It certainly seems to be. Could explain why people are sick all the time, um, and I'm I'm kind of curious. Just if if you're out there and you're like, I don't know what these guys are talking about. People around them being sick all the time, them being sick all the time. I am super healthy, and everyone I know is super healthy. I want to know, like, are you in a rural area or urban area? Yep. If you're close to one of these towers, if you've noticed chemtrails. And then, you know, I'm assuming clean, non-fluoridated water and organic food if you're feeling healthy. But, uh, you know, so if if you're out there thinking, I don't know what these guys are talking about. Everyone around here is super healthy and not sick at all. I want to hear about it. Hmm. So... And maybe it'll be like, you know, I'm super healthy. I feel great. I eat nothing but GMOs and live right in, you know, I just absorb the cell tower that's right above my house. But somehow I doubt it. (laughs) We got an update from uh, Theo. Remember Theo or Canadian pilot? Canadian pilot. Hi, uh, update from the north. Hi, Andrew and Tim. What's the leading cause of death in Alberta in 2021? Well, unknown. If you if you have <laughs> if you would have said I don't know, you would have been right. <laughs> Credit to the last American vagabond for referencing this uh, CTV, one of the most watched Canadian mainstream news articles in 2021. The ill-defined unknown causes of death snagged the first spot with 30, uh, 3,362 up from 1,400 in 2020 and 522 the year before that, according to statistics from the government of Alberta. So this new category now accounts for more than three times the that of the heart attacks. Wow. Yeah. Uh, J.P. Sears did a, a video on the unknown, like beware of the unknown cause of death. I yeah. love it. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Also, we finally, uh, we said the vaccine passports are to get people transitioned to global ID, digital ID. Well, this is from the government of Canada. The COVID-19 
pandemic has highlighted the need for government services to be accessible mm. and flexible in the digital age. The next step in making services more convenient to access is a federal digital identity program integrated with pre-existing provincial platforms. Digital identity is the electronic equivalent of recognized proof of identity document, like your driver's license and passport, and confirms that you are who you say you are in a digital context. There's nothing scarier, I'm telling you. Yep. I've seen videos of the people that are refusing to... uh, I think it's an app, right? I don't know, maybe. When they're going into Canada, they're getting like $6,000 fines. If they're Canadian like. If they refuse to to go along with that system, goodness gracious! Is that for uh, residents? Canadians? Yeah, Canadians. Okay, just just to just asking for a friend. Just asking. Yeah, asking for a friend. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think they'll. Well, I don't think you're even allowed to travel there at this point. Eh, I don't know. We'll see. No. We'll find it. We'll find out. We'll find out. I don't know. We'll see. You have proof of vaccination? Uh, proof of vaccination? No, don't have proof of vaccination. I have proof of I could do whatever I want, and my, <laughs> and my family lives there. The, so, so the, the Ron Swanson permit? Yeah, I have. <laughs> this a is permit. just a piece of paper that says you could do what you want. <laughs> my point exactly. So no, I mean I got family up there. They're really going to keep me. We'll see what they do. I don't know. Maybe they will. Yeah, I would. I would research it carefully beforehand. What are they going to send me? What am I going to land in Toronto? They're going to send me home. I mean, if you're lucky, it's the, what? <laughs> I think I'm going to get tie you up. down, force inject you, and then <laughs> quarantine you for 15 days. Trudeau, no, <laughs> don't inject me, Trudeau. Yeah. All right. Uh, incidentally, the Ontario University that is the, the Ontario University that is the test bed for 5G has also announced. Mandatory boosters for mm. all students and masking. Finally, he's now allowed back to work since he was banned from company property since November 1st. I've been uh, paid yet, and the mandate has only been suspended, implying that reinstatement of the vaccine mandate. Also, there are several in my church that subscribe to a biblical cosmology. I applaud your willingness nice. to discuss it. Objective conclusions require open debate. My two cents as a pilot to comments are made of, of the following. Uh, I'll read part of this and then we can move on. But majority of pilots are not flat earthers. We have a different map projections that allow for different scale levels since projections from the globe tend to be distorted along the edges. I need to forward this to you so you can uh, get back to them. On, uh, on yeah, they, they use the real map for flights. <clears throat> Yeah, so I don't know what that means, but that sounds interesting. Uh, the Gleason type map, but okay. Uh, anyway, he, I love, I love this guy mainly because he doesn't have a, one, a feeling one way or the other. He brings up a bunch of points on both directions, and he says, "I, I do have a question that I uh, immediately haven't looked into extensively or found an ex- uh, explanation. Why does the moon always face the same way? Anyway, keep up the great work. I appreciate your focus on Christ." Throughout, I too have sold my house amid <clears throat> and am in transition into splitting time camping and staying with the in-laws and my mom, hoping to buy a small homestead shortly. Crazy, man. Crazy. Our buddy Theo, the pilot, sold his house. So when, when does he get it? He's already back to work? 
Let's see. Let me read that correctly. I thought he was, but it says... Yeah, finally, I have been allowed back to work since I was banned from the company and property in in November 1st. I haven't been paid yet, and the mandate has only been suspended, implying a reinstatement of the mandate. Interesting. (laughs) Hasn't been paid yet. Maybe it's just this last week. Maybe he's only... Maybe uh, freshly back at work. Freshly back at work, and he wants to... to That's good, though. Let's (laughs) talk flat earth with you. Oh, did we even get to Merritt's last clip? Did I cut us off? At what no, I didn't. Uh, yes, but that's okay. But uh, yeah, the last clip is is worth playing. So. Okay, sorry, my fault. Knowledge is the antidote to fear. You you need to learn things, and there, the world now has has been divided into kind of two groups, and that's the group that sit back passively and let the news tell you things. That's just listening to the intelligence services. Don't do it. Uh, you have to actively go out and seek out the truth and question everything. And when I've for me, question everything means go down to the basic science. You know, as deep as you can dive to feel out how did they actually prove something to be true. So you got to have knowledge. The, the other thing is you need to be healthy to be a warrior in this. We want to save the world for our children. At least I do. And I think most of you do. So to, to be, I, I think there are five or six things I always say about being healthy. The first thing is don't poison yourself. It's unbelievable the number of poisons we take in, but some of them are almost unavoidable, like the city fluoridates your water, but we have solutions for that too. But don't, don't purposely take in things like, you know, wheat products that, that are doused with glyphosate. I mean, there's just so many things you have to, you have to look at that. So don't poison yourself. And then you need essential nutrients. You need about 90 essential nutrients that you can't get except eating it. And our soils are depleted. So Alex, you've got the, you know, you've been on this, this, you are the tip of the on this you've been doing this for years i mean it, they they're going to lie to you the government lies to you and says oh those those supplements that just makes expensive urine no that's what set us up for this don't don't believe them research it yourself you need to supplement and there's certain things that you you need parasites parasites are a big lie i've got a parasite protocol on my on my website it, it you know i i learned some of this from brian artist but also just think about it there are there are five or six things they really really don't want us to have in terms of drugs and they are all anti-parasitic drugs chloroquine hydroxychloroquine nitazoxanide what am i blanking on ivermectin and then chlorine dioxide they really don't want you to have that. Chlorine dioxide is a universal antitoxin, and it helps with the fluorine problem. It helps with lots of things. I would, I would, you know, people go to jail just for mentioning it. I'll mention it and say this is for educational purposes only. This is this is the, not approved by the FDA. I just happen to use it. Um, so you have to take care of yourself. Now the other thing is, don't abet the enemy. Don't work for these guys. You know, Eichmann didn't kill all the people in the death camps. Little people like we did it. We got together and we didn't stand up and we didn't quit. You know, if you're a nurse or you're a pharmacy tech and you're still injecting these toxins into children, stop doing it because it won't be forgotten. The the thing we have to remember is the 150 guys on the top of this pyramid, they move money, they move around a lot of words, but they don't do the physical reality of working the world, of creating the wealth, of doing all the things we do. They're just keeping us separated from each other and fighting each other so we don't realize that. We have to start realizing that. So I think, you know, I think that's uh, that's a that's a big way to go. Now the other thing is, don't let them distract you with viruses when we need to be starting to look at 
at wavelengths. I'm, I'm serious. I, during this outbreak, early on, I realized there was the, the fix was in. There was something wrong here. Even though I still was kind of going down that viral paradigm, I noticed that the guys in Haifa had taken out the Wi-Fi from their kids' schools. Hmm. They thought it was dangerous. And there's a lot. Don't let them tell you there's no evidence for this. There's lots of research you can find online. There's a ton of it. Uh, Arthur Furstenberg just has a download that you can do. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff uh, that show you the damage of, of all sorts of wavelengths. I just did a, um, a deep dive on the pandemic of 1918. And really, that started with the telegram lines. Telegraph lines that the guys moved down from the farms in Tennessee and they were suddenly surrounded by all this copper wire and this telegraph. It sounds a little crazy, but it really is true because to, in fact, the earlier, um, Alex, you put up a video and it showed part of the electron transport chain. How do you metabolize your food? You take the food in, it goes to your mitochondria and it, it has an electron transport chain. And that cha transport chain gets messed up when you suddenly change into a higher electromagnetic field. And that's what happened. That's one sure, of the reasons. So all the studies show once new electromagnetic systems go in, we get sick. We adapt to it quickly. Right. But, but that's when we all these studies show it's happening. So, you know, maybe Trump was misled on the 1918 flu, too. Yeah, there's a lot of evidence that the 1918 flu is not what we were told it was. Yeah. So that's... Supposedly millions dead, and then... E even Tony Fauci has a paper... He's co-author on a paper about how the 1918 flu was really bacterial pneumonia mistreated. Caused, caused by, caused by mask wearing. and <laughs> The uh, San Francisco Anti-Mask League. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Bring him back. Yeah. Where's the Anti-Mask League when you really need him? <laughs> uh, did you see there was two people this week on Rogan? One of them was Mark Zuckerberg. I'm sure you heard or saw that, where he pretty much admits, well, the FBI had us do this thing. Right, right. You hear, see the other person who was on there? Tell me. You're, yours is my favorite quarterback now. Oh, yes, Aaron Rodgers. I did see some Aaron Rodgers clips. You want to play football? Take this f thing. And I want you to do it publicly so that I can get more money out of those other people that are thinking about it and they're on the fence. Yeah, and then we're going to virtue signal to say, look how righteous our league is. We have 95% compliance yes. with the vaccine. Compliance. And if you don't, we're going to send a, a stooge to your team to show you graphs of your vaccination percentage of your team compared to the rest of the league, which actually happened. Really? Yeah. What was the stooge like? Oh, I mopped the floor with him. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. See, again, that's why people are like, no one knew your vaccination status. You lied to your teammates. No, no, no. Day three of training camp, they sent this stooge in, and, and he showed these slides about what your vaccination percentage was in your team, where you compare to the rest of the league. And I started asking him questions about liability. Oh, I'm not a lawyer. Okay, cool. But you're in here talking about all these different things and you don't talk about anybody's personal health issues there's zero exemptions you took out religious exemptions you took you took out uh, PEG exemptions you took out anybody's ability to have uh, an opinion uh, I don't want to do this 
Well, it's not only going to affect your uh, day-to-day status on the team, but your ability to get a job, your ability to keep a job, your ability to get a tryout if you get cut from this team. Because you want to put a percentage above 90% of your team where you guys can have some sort of like special virtue. Like, look how amazing we are. We're above the 90% threshold here. And then they, and then they, t- and then they, they scared teams and said, if you had an outbreak caused by a non-vaccinated player, you'd not only forfeit that game if you had enough players out, but you wouldn't get paid for that week. And here I am showing up to training camp Joe, the first day, and we got five people who work for the organization out with COVID all fully vaxxed. <laughs> and I got COVID from a fully vaxxed individual who only got vaxxed to keep his potential of being a part of the NFL. You wonder why I gave up on the NFL? <laughs> yeah, and where's uh, Russell Wilson? Does he have another pro-vaccine? Everybody should take the vaccine. I'll vaccinate my kids special coming up soon. I don't know. Cole Beasley, Buffalo Bills, said that uh, they brought the stooge. The stooge came with Bruce Smith from the Bills and t- guilted everybody into getting... A certain amount of you know percentage up of vaccines so that they can all win their games this year or whatever it was. Absolutely, oh, really? Absolutely disgusting. Yep. Absolutely very disgusting, disgusting behavior. And not even less disgusting, uh, given the fact that I think that they that the NFL players got saline shots. Yeah, you know, that was a clip I ran across. I guess it was out. It was recirculating again this week. uh, But then somebody said it was from March of this year. But there's a a lady from, like, Lithuania or something who resigned from giving the shots. She was, like, a pharmacist. And she put out – I don't know. I can't verify any of this. I didn't look into it. But it's basically – she was saying that there's one, two, and three. The vials are all marked. Mm -hmm. One of them is a saline shot. Two is the mRNA. And three has, like – mRNA plus bonus <laughs> and the bonus like it's not good you die soon uh, but there was a certain digit you could find within there and then all of them had that which I, I don't know just that doesn't seem beyond the realm of possibility but well yeah although we you know we just talked about how they they can't find mRNA in any of them but uh, well okay yeah the, the, I certainly uh, different different levels of poison it's was it was an experiment and it's we like, read what? about this remember like yeah. it, it was an experiment but it's also it's also what that guy's talking about in that creepy clip from 1968 the play mm-hmm. you just played they 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 oh, gosh i can't remember i wish i remember or i had the good enough show notes to go back to it but there was some like article or essay where someone was talking about well what if there was a way to you know, split pe- people up by like their uh, behavior level or whatever. Mm-hmm. And inject them according to that. Yeah, I think the, that's the goal, man. Yeah the the only way that you get to ninety five percent of NFL players taking the vaccine is you. They took them in a room and they said, "Look, we know you don't want it. It's just it's nothing." Like, we're just going to mark down that you're vaccinated or inject you with saline or wh- whatever it was. Um, that's the only way you get to 95%. And that 
kudos to the players like Cole Beasley and Aaron Rodgers who are like, nope, I'm not even going along with that part of it. I'm not even going to say I got it. Good for him. Yeah. Like I said. Because yeah. there, the, there was also, um, oh, who was the Tampa Bay receiver with the fake vaccine card? Oh, yeah. Was, okay. There's definitely Mike, some Mike of that Evans? going on too. But yeah. Mike Evans, right? Uh, I don't think it was Mike Evans, but it, yeah, it was one of them. Oh, I think it was the know. actually the guy who gets in trouble all the time. But yes, the guy who gets in trouble all the time, the, the Steelers guy. Yep, I forgot his name, but yeah, a lot of that going on. You think that you think that Tom Brady, Tom forty five, how old is this man? Fifty six thousand years old. Well, do you? Yeah, do you think the team owner would inject Tom Brady with anything? No way. No. And that's why when Aaron Rodgers said, no, I'm just thinking to myself, like, yeah, what are you going to do? You can't forcibly inject him. There's no there's no replacement for Aaron Rodgers, no matter how much Green Bay fans like to pretend there is. Yeah. <laughs> there's no replacement. And, and that's the first thing he said, and it makes total sense. What's what's the liability? Oh, well, I'm not a lawyer. Well, cool. Well, we're all multi-million dollar bodies in this room. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like... How about you don't inject this if there's no liability anywhere? My 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 body is literally how I make money and feed my family. Yeah. No foreign substances going to be injected into it. So we got to start wrapping this up soon. I do have another quick clip though. Yeah. And I have two longer ones, but I don't think we're going to get to it. It's just too just too much. It's too much. But uh, do you see this Federal Reserve insider clip? No, I didn't. Guy from the Minnesota, Minneapolis Fed is being recorded. I don't even know if he knows he's being recorded, but he's in a kind of a uh, discussion panel. And he's talking about CBDCs. And uh, I think it's of note. This is I'm pretty skeptical. I keep asking anybody, anybody at the Fed or outside of the Fed to explain to me what problem this is solving. I can send anybody in this room $5 with Venmo right now, right? No, seriously. So what is it that a CBDC could do that Venmo can't do? And all I get is a bunch of hand-waving. I get a bunch, well, maybe it's better for financial inclusion. Maybe it's better for cross-border remittances. Maybe. Is there any evidence that it is? And, you know, they say, well, what about China? China's doing it. Well, I can see why China would do it. If they want to monitor every one of your transactions, you could do that with the central bank digital currency. You can't do that with Venmo. If you want to impose negative interest rates, you could do that with the central bank digital currency. You can't do that with Venmo. And if you want to directly tax customer accounts, you could do that with the central bank digital currency. You can't do that with Venmo. So I get why China would be interested. Why would the American people be for that? It's for greater control. Uh, did we ask if the American people would be for this? What? When do we ever ask? For a Federal Reserve insider, you don't seem to be very much on the inside, sir. <laughs> I'm sorry, I titled it insider. He's, apparently he's a member of the Fed, or he's a, I don't know. One of the regional, yeah. Yeah, one yeah. of the regional federals. Yes, yes, yes. So, and it makes sense. Like, they're, they're going to sell it as diversity and inclusion and easy access. and Yeah. It'll, it'll be a cool app on your phone. But he has a great point with all of the paypal and the stripe and the the venmo and the you know there's just like a million different ways there's i think signal you can send money through signal now i mean 
with all these different ways to use digital money, what what does it change? Well, it's not about making it easy to send money. <laughs> it's it's about uh, making it easy to track the money. Ah, got to track the money all the way down to six hundred dollars. And that's why. It, uh, did you see that Starbucks is? I don't know if it's universal at Starbucks stores or only certain stores. Universal universal. going cashless. Yep. I've already started to see that. And and I don't blame the the stores that are doing it uh, that I've seen so far. Do you think they're doing it to... I do do blame Starbucks for that. To deal with the homeless deal? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But uh, here, like, there's a thrift store in town that only uses card. But I don't know. They they employ a lot of... uh, uh, disabled, mentally challenged employees and stuff, and I don't know. It just it feels like nowadays if you use cash, like some of these kids can't even count cash. It's it's an odd it's an odd deal. <laughs> I'm not saying that's a reason to get rid yeah. of it, but it's with the with the thrift store. I wasn't worried about it when a multinational organization like Starbucks was like, yeah, no more cash. That makes me lift my eyebrows. Yeah. How does that look? Yeah. Uh, yeah, say goodbye to garage sales, say goodbye to secondhand clothing, say goodbye to all kinds of stuff if, if we have just a central bank digital currency. There's so much that you would that everybody takes for granted, like being able to barter with your neighbor or go to a garage sale or have a garage sale. You know, all that stuff isn't tracks or tax. But as soon as we go to CBDCs, it will be. It yep. will be. And with strings, <laughs> it will come with strings attached. So then it's like, oh, well, your food ration allotment is tied to your vaccine status, and you are behind. Timothy, you have not had a vaccine in four months? I paid a $500 electric bill, sir. (laughs) Can I keep just paying $500 electric bills? Do I have to get the vaccine, too? Yeah, well... If they have to make it a $5,000 electric bill, they'll make it a $5,000 electric bill. Oh. Well, I guess I'll have to make $5,000 then. <laughs> yeah. So. I'll just make $7,000 then, Andrew. I'm thinking, I don't know, can you, uh, I know the answer to this question, It's. but uh, can you burn wood in a gas stove? Is that? <laughs> I don't think so. No, I don't think that. I don't think so either. Well, good thing you moved to a subtropical climate because it does get cold here, though. There are some cold days, some days in the twenties. So we're definitely happy to have some heat. Yeah, I, it's you definitely use more energy keeping you cool in the summer than warm in the winter. But around here, for sure, for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, do we wrap it there? I still got two like. So long a clip, so I don't think it makes any sense. Paul Joseph Watson, the We Were Right, I'll throw it in the show notes. It's an amazing clip. Yeah, it was, that was a good one. I did see that one. Yeah. Okay. And then I, had another, I, just, I had another Jimmy Dore. Jimmy Dore covers the uh, the kid that got masked in San Francisco, and then they called the cops on him. Do you see this thing? No, I didn't see that. It sounds like a good one. Yeah. I'll, have to, I'll have to check out the show notes. Check out the show notes. Bonus features. Yeah, let's see. I just want to load it up. How long yeah, I didn't get to any of the written stories. Uh, maybe Alex Berenson, not so much on our side, but uh, we've talked about that recently. He had a 
a tweet. I weep at my supposed allies, ivermectin peddlers, self-proclaimed inventors of a technology that hundreds of scientists developed together. He's bashing... Uh, oh, anyway. Two of the... He's Robert Malone and who he's calling the ivermectin peddler. Uh, 5G fantasist, Bible-quoting depopulation conspiracist. Oh, hi, Alex. Hi. Uh, no wonder the real and complex questions around mRNA safety go unheard. Oh. I have a question for you, because this story yeah. doesn't bother me. Like, this doesn't bother me at all. Did you think it was going to go any different? Oh, with the Alex Berenson? Yeah. No. Because right. I, I knew the moment he turned, like... I knew I know who I'm dealing with is a New York Times reporter and an East right. Coast East Coast elite, you know, whatever baloney, you know, worldview he has probably believes in global warming and drives a Tesla. I don't care. In the middle of the pandemic, he turned his eyes onto the vaccine and started telling people don't get it and then talked about how his mom shouldn't have got it and she got it against his will and she got really hurt and then just started zeroing in on hey, this is baloney. Hey, this is like I just started jumping up and down and cheering because that that was awesome. There was mm-hmm. he, he he narrowed in his sights on something that I saw as well, and he has more power. He sued Twitter for crying out loud. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not trying to canonize the guy in any way. I don't think he's going to be on my side on everything. But what he did there was awesome. And if ivermectin, you know, he said graphene oxide makes us sound like morons, and, and ivermectin doesn't work. It just doesn't. I mean, those are just that. That's just that. That's just that's just this guy. Mm-hmm. But I appreciate and that Alex Jones. Alex Jones should, uh, you know, be every last penny taken from him because of those poor Sandy Hook parents. So, poor Sandy Hook crisis actor. Because he killed those kids somehow. Yeah. Yeah. I wish Alex wouldn't have killed those kids. <laughs> so, uh, the article I referenced earlier is from Alec Zek. Mm-hmm. The response to Steve Kirsch's article, if viruses don't exist, then how can we see them? And very good, very worth reading if you're interested in the subject. Um, the DC mayor, Muriel Bowser, did that. The COVID-19 vaccine mandate that Tucker referenced in his uh, monologue, they they didn't rescind it, but they delayed it until January. So mm. Mm. Uh, There's a additional story. We talked about it a little bit, not especially about um, drugs used to kill old people. So my Dazolam... The sedative, and especially in the UK. Uh, yeah. And uh, sellers dropping home prices in droves as real estate market cools. I thought you'd be interested in that one. Yeah, I'm starting to see that a lot around here. There's houses pricing, housing prices are dropping a little bit in the Seattle area as well. Not a lot. It's not, you know, there's going to be a housing collapse. There's really never a housing collapse, there's a, a drop. But yeah, it's just a a huge slowdown where no one's you know, no one can sell their house. Basically, is what, what no happens. one's buying or selling but houses. No, no one's like, oh, I have three hundred thousand dollars of equity, so I'll take a three hundred thousand dollar loss on this house. Like that's not where the vast majority of people are at. So yeah, it doesn't crash; it just stalls out to nothing. But yep, that's kind of. Kind of where we are. Yep. 
So, oh, uh, Britons, according to The Guardian, uh, need to be less squeamish about drinking water from sewage. So, eat the bugs and drink the poop. Drink the poop water. (laughs) Drink the poop water and eat the bugs and and shut up, slave. There you go. I might might have to play this Jimmy Dore clip just because it's a a good story. The the four-year-old and his dad win. Oh, the Jimmy Dore clip. Last time was good, so go for right. it. So I uh, thought this. Oh, a little bit loud though. This was a joke. It's not. Bay Area school called the police because a four-year-old kid wouldn't wear a mask. Bay Area parent is considering suing over his four-year-old son being barred from his public school classroom after the child refused to wear a mask, staff called a school-based police officer Thursday when the father declined to leave the campus. Wow, four-year-old, and they're already showing criminal tendencies. <laughs> Why do kids go to school at four years old now? Yeah. I'm pretty sure this has something to do with Malcolm Gladwell. The tipping point. The tip- I bet you that's what it is. The Mountain View Wiseman School District is among a very small number of districts in California. Now, you know, the what I don't know if you know what the science is on maths, but they don't help kids. They don't help kids. They don't help kids. You know, a Sweden never stopped sending kids to school. They never they didn't wear that. Everybody's fine. Uh, the Mountain View Wiseman School District is among a very small number of districts in California that required masking as the school year started because they're all morons, <laughs> virtue signaling, wipes who don't know the science on masks. If you want your, if you feel like you or your kid needs to be protected from the coronavirus, then you or your kid should wear an N95 mask because that will protect you. Having someone else wear a surgical mask or a cloth mask is not as effective of your own self or your own kid wearing one N95 mask. So you can protect yourself. Wear your own mask. Why you got to make other people wear masks is unscientific. Just like FYI. Now, I know none of my friends in comedy know this. I know almost no one knows this who criticizes me or this show. But a lot of people all do know this. A lot of doctors from Stanford and Harvard, and they all they know this about masks. Guess who else knew this about masks? Fauci. All I know is I'm on the right side of the hist- of history with George W. Bush and the good people. Uh, yeah, and the good people. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so there's a crazy lib in power in this district. <laughs> Who, who gets a kid? Who gets a uh, gets a charge out of power and compliance? The dispute escalated Thursday after the school had refused entry to the boy since Monday. The parent, who identified himself only by his first name, Sean, because of safety concerns, told the Chronicle he had been trying to address the issue even prior to his son's first day at uh, transitional kindergarten of Therakoff Elementary on August tenth. His son, who has a sensory issue, has long had significant trouble wearing a mask, Sean said, and an, is- an issue his doctor and dentist have accommodated. Districts and school officials refuse to bend. The district has not evaluated the child for special education services. Why haven't they? 
because in order for them to evaluate him, they're going to make him wear a mask, something he can't do. Some of the most highly moronic people I've ever met are the educated. And that's coming from a dumb guy. The father said the school officials told him his son could not be evaluated for disabilities without a mask. Do you see the catch-22 we have here? Do you see this problem? Our primary responsibility as a school district is the safety of students and staff members in order to... So you just make up things, though. That's not science. That's not the, the primary responsibility that you feel is to make yourself feel powerful by having edicts that aren't based on science. He said that adding it was unfortunate, apparent videotape. He said it was un. So this is the principal, the superintendent, Ayinde Rudolph, said that it was unfortunate that apparent videotaped the principal after being asked not to do so. Yeah, it's unfortunate because videotaping you makes you look like the huge douchebag moron that you are. <laughs> so I, I could see how you wouldn't want that recorded. The district did not address, and why in the F would they put that in the freaking story? Why would that be in the, why would the San Francisco Chronicle put that in the story? The district did not address why a police officer was summoned. Oh, they didn't? Did you ask them san francisco chronicle <laughs> yeah, really. Where, where's your where's your negative framing of them not answering your question where is it the district did not address why a police officer was summoned and why it did not follow the recommendation of state and county health officials in requiring masks did you bring it up <laughs> yeah, how about you did the san francisco chronicle bring it up in Mountain View, the district repeatedly confirmed students would have to wear a mask at school this fall, noting that school is not compulsory until age six. So you're a public institution. And the boy didn't have to attend class this year. That's, their, that's what they're saying? Hey, your disabled son could always start a year late. What's the big deal? Full compliance is the most valuable lesson of this school. That's right. <laughs> Sean said he and his wife decided to enroll their son in school anyway, hoping he would wear a mask. At the end of the first day of school, his teachers held up a mask covered with footprints and dirt and said that the boy wouldn't wear it. By Friday, after continued efforts by school staff to get him to wear his mask, his teacher informed him parents that he would be sent home if he continued to refuse. The father said he could no longer watch his son cry after attending school where he was subjected to constant mask. Do you know that the risk of dying from COVID for a child is less than the risk of flu. Did you know that? Would you make a kid wear a uh, mask for flu? No. You'll make them wear a mask for COVID, which is less deadly to a kid than the flu. That's according to the CDC. But the people who push this don't know that because they watch Rachel Maddow and Don Lemon. And they listen to Fauci, who's a criminal liar of high proportions. I said I was done with this. He said, I'm not sending him to school every day to be told to put your mask on all day. Over the next four days, he brought his son to school and was turned away. He also hired an attorney who sent the district a cease and desist letter demanding Sean's son be allowed to attend school required by the state. The only authority the district has is to send sick children home. 
You got to sue these people. That's all you could do. That if you send a healthy child to school, they have to educate them. But that's not what they're doing. In fact, all this other nonsense, everybody's got to just start doing lawsuits when yes. they start overstepping their... On Thursday, school officials citing the district's <laughs> mask mandate told Sean his son had to leave. The father filmed the encounter. I welcome him here, and I, I said this before, and I'll say it again. I want him here, but it is our district's policy. It's mental. Here she comes. Pulling him out of class. I want him here. He is a lovely child. We're here to support and serve him. Our district policy has changed. I am here to serve all students on our campus who cannot keep spending time on the same issue. Thank you. I'm going to have to have you the campus. Thank you. 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 Thank what they're doing is wrong, and I can't say what you're doing is yeah. wrong. And and honestly, like both sides have valid points. Yeah. For me, I just gonna make sure the rest of it, as a campus as a whole, uh, everyone's well, safe and uh, that kids get that their actual education. Cop? And, yeah. You know, I think so. All that's or like a campus, and and you seem like a well. He's I think he's an actual cop that acts that works at the school. Oh, I see. Okay. The dude has seemed good father, and so I I just I just hope like. By next week, they lift this, and then it's it's all resolved. And so that kid learned a more valuable lesson than he could have ever learned in in that class. And the lesson is question authority. Didn't they have to reverse it? Well, they did. Here, you want to hear it? They did. Uh, Mountain View Wiseman School District rescinds mask mandate. After sending a four-year-old student home for not having a mask on. Superintendent released a statement to parents about this incident, which you can read in full below. So they they ended up rescinding it. So the kid was right. And so was the kid's father. And the lesson there is question authority because they were wrong. The cop was wrong. The superintendent was wrong. The teachers were wrong. The district was wrong. They were wrong, and they're still wrong. And there's still people out there who, it's, it's never a bad day to sh** pants over COVID. They want their kids to wear masks. Those people are mentally defective. You're mentally defective. It's funny they had to drop the whole thing for the whole, Yeah, <laughs> so they ruined their whole. <laughs> and so now the whole district had to rescind that. Yeah. So thanks to that guy, Sean, for standing up against this and videotaping it. Yeah, videotape people too. The other here's a here's a YouTube doctor who just became a professor, and I featured this guy on the show before. He said, "I almost thought this video was a hoax. I didn't think even the most irrational zealots would do this. It is horrifying. We are seeing this in this in year three of COVID. We're still seeing people being unscientific, saying that's about safety." He says, "Doctors go to San Francisco clubs at night. That's monkeypox." 
And then he says, and then kids, and then kids are forced to wear masks that don't work. Total loss of perspective. Well, I think he lost the perspective, which is compliance, compliance. is the thing that's important. It's not a matter of don't you don't research the science. We told you not to do. Yeah, that. you can't. Not supposed to do your own research. The last thing you want to be doing in school is research. <laughs> this is what hap- This is what is happening in the United States. Random town in California masking toddlers is a religion here, led by idiots who can't read data and worse, have no common sense. So if you're for masking your kids, you are an idiot who can't read data. They don't want to read it. Every argument I've had with people in my life and on this show, I had people come on and, and argue for mandates, mm-hmm. knew nothing about the science of vaccines or COVID, masks, vaccines, nothing. They knew nothing about natural immunity. They knew nothing about how the virus mutates. They knew nothing about uh, what a leaky vaccine is. They knew nothing about what viral escape is. It doesn't sound like you're trusting science. They don't know. They don't know anything. (laughs) The people who are for this stuff, the COVIDians, as we call them, the lockdown left, they don't know. They are dumber than the dumbest Trumper when it comes to COVID policy and vaccines. And they're all virtue signaling dumb. It's like a huge respect of authority above all. That's what it is. And a specific authority. It is. It's a huge respect for authority. It's not for science or learning or you're being inquisitive or curiousness. It's the exact opposite of all those things. It's you're raising in curiousness and rule following to be a virtue. So uh, there you go, dummies. <laughs> uh, I got a kick out of that clip. Mainly, I have a little bit of work ahead of me to, to edit out, obviously, some curse words. But uh, I like how he got madder and madder as the clip went on. I also, <laughs> I also like the happy ending. The boy and the the dad's... Yeah, he gets masks off for the whole district. That's yeah, great. The dad films the whole deal and then sues him. I mean, you know, hell hath no fury like a... Like, yeah, a, man, like a, a dad in a BMW at a Mountain View school where he's probably the head of some software company. <laughs> it's like, I'll just, well, sue this, I'll just sue the school. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I guess if you got the... If you got the lawyers to do it and the means to do it, go for it. It's... Uh, if if you don't, you're probably better off getting out of there. So. 100%. 100%. It's a special needs kid, or at least mildly special needs, has a sensory issue. And we're still going to mask him up. And it just. Yeah, where'd all those sensory issues come from? Yeah. And just a whole yeah. other. That's a whole nother tangent. But I, I, I like, you know, Jimmy's mad. He's mad at liberals. He's mad. Yeah. He's mad at Democrats. He's mad wait, at this whole thing because. Wait till he figures out that the, all the rest of the vaccines are bad too. Yeah. So, and the KN95 mask doesn't really do anything either. Yeah. <laughs> but, but still, it's, it's a, it's a Wait great till he finds out viruses aren't. <laughs> and the earth is it. flat, right? I mean, and the earth is flat. Jimmy Dore is only a few steps away. You, like, you're going to get lumped in with it. Once you're an anti-vaxxer, you're only, <laughs> you know, six degrees of separation from flat earther. So yeah. watch out. Watch out, Jimmy Dore. You get lumped in with Andrew Hoffman. Right here. <laughs> it's so well, once you go down that rabbit hole, I'll tell you where I know where it ends. But. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he's right though he's right though all these people that are like i can't wait to vaccinate my eight-year-old like they don't they're 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 idiots 
They're virtue yeah. signaling idiots, and they don't know the science. They haven't read anything. They haven't well, researched they're, they're anything. Well, they're propagandized, which, yes, that's, you know, that's, they believe the propaganda, so. I didn't get a chance to play it uh, because, you know, it's getting later and later, but the Paul Joseph Watson clip, in the middle of that, it talks about just the different doctors that are getting kickbacks or whatnot and how much they're all getting. And is this all just a, a money scheme for money for the doctors? I wanted to step in on something and, and, and talk about that real quick. And I thought of it when I was watching that the second time to clip it for the show. It's not that simple. It's not your doctor. It's not your doctor at all. As a matter of fact, this whole thing, if you think back, started with, well, I mean, it started a long, long, long time ago. But a big, a big step, a big part of that was the swine flu. Well, the swine flu runs, they do the whole thing in 2009. And they tried like heck to just scare everybody to death. Right? Mm-hmm. But it didn't work. They scared a lot of people. And some people got the vaccine, the two-dose weirdo vaccine. Yeah, good for them. Good for them to go, go do that and, and get the vaccine. or to, get to That's how far they got. But what happened next is actually what enabled what happened in 2020 to happen, and that is Obamacare. They passed Obamacare to make sure that all records, all records went electronic. They passed Obamacare to make sure that uh, administ- hospital administrators ran doctors. They passed mm-hmm. Obamacare to make sure that everything that insurance companies got was not some weird, I'm going to write out and explain exactly what's going on. It was a number in a box. You check a box and you give the number. This is the diagnosis number from the manual. It, they made this whole thing an administrative issue. The entire deal. That's what Obamacare is. Without that, you don't have this mess. And then the swine flu wasn't as bad as this because then you start getting people coming in with myocarditis or having, you know, flare-ups or whatever. And then what's what's the code for that? Well, do you put in myocarditis? Is there a code for that? I don't know. Just put anxiety. At least we'll get paid. That's admin. That's all administrative stuff. That was this. They weaponized the medical system with the insurance companies and the administration. Mm-hmm. Or you, you hear the stories of them testing someone over and over again for COVID until they get the positive test before they'll admit them. Boom, 18 grand in your pocket, in the hospital's yeah. pocket, because you admitted a COVID patient. Yeah. I, I looked it up. I just had this, like, all of a sudden it hit me. It was like, wait. He's like, doctors are getting the money. <clears throat> and I'm sure doctors are getting some money too, but that's not the whole story. The doctors aren't sitting back. Like, right, it's more the hospitals themselves. Because the, the doctors yeah. are the people looking people in the eye. They're most likely to, to try to do something right. But it's not them who are making the decision for the money. It's all the hospital administrators. I know one. I know one who went to school. She was going to become an art, a nurse, and then she became an LPN, and then she became like a, <coughs> excuse me, in charge of like an administ- like a medical administrator. She gets paid bajillions of dollars, and she doesn't know anything. I mean, she she knows she's a nurse. She knows a little bit about medicine, but she is over well, doctors, tells them where to go, where to go. Yeah, she she probably knows more than most hospital administrators. That's it's kind of funny. I, I went to college with someone who's a hospital administrator now, too, and he was an accounting major. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> so. This person's come up on the show before. I said something about that they were extremely driven and had straight A's, and I can't remember. It was something else I, I said, and you were just like, ah. 
what are the odds that this person's of Asian descent? And I was like, uh, yes. <laughs> How did you know that, Andrew? But Positive stereotype. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. But anyway, it just it hit me today. 2009 swine flu, it doesn't work. Boom. Next thing, Obamacare. Mm-hmm. And they had to make sure to get all this crap in place. Because now it's like a machine. You can't even stop it. You just throw Pfizer and some insurance companies in there. I I... I some, remember some government subsidies. I remember the swine flu propaganda where they were saying, "What if you lose your rights, like being able to go to a movie? Can you imagine not being able to go to a movie?" Right. Of a it was a trial run, man. They didn't. They yeah. couldn't do it. They couldn't get people yeah. scared enough. Right. What changed since then? Obamacare and a ubiquitous social media. TikTok. You had to. Have to you had to wait, we had to wait for TikTok. We got to have the fainting people on the street in China. So right. that's, the, that's, that's the key. You don't just need the evening news because people don't watch the evening news. You need Twitter. You need TikTok. Yep. So. All right. This is the uh, latest we've gone yet. We're, we're closing on 1 a.m. Yeah. It's a, like, do we even go to bed at this point or just yeah. start tomorrow? Yeah. It's, a, it's a work day tomorrow and uh, we got to get out of here. So, well, guys, we hope you enjoyed it. We hope you enjoyed uh, three hours, two plus hours of just me and Andrew ranting rambling to each other bringing clips bringing joy to each other yeah there's I mean, it might not sound like it but there is a fair amount of work that goes into the, the podcast <laughs> yes yes there is so if yeah if anyone if you're still listening and you it was this podcast is of value we would appreciate hearing from you uh financially or through just hearing from you that you you appreciate it so yep we didn't even get to my car payment segment we'll, we'll save that for the next show but uh average car payment in the u.s seven hundred dollars and uh why is that well i have a i have a, a hint for you it's not the car salesman <laughs> everybody wants to blame the car salesman car right. salesman car salesman didn't build the car car salesman didn't price the new car Car salesman didn't ap- ap- approve the loan. Didn't and regulate ex- the new car. Yep, and didn't yeah. appro- didn't approve the loan and extend the terms of the loan. Indeed, that was not something a car salesman could do. And I started seeing him just before I got out. Ninety six months. You could you could buy really ninety six months. Oh. You could buy this car for ni- it was a rare one. I didn't see it often, but you could Eight buy this. Years? Yeah, ninety six month loan. Twelve hundred dollars a month at ninety six months. That's not much. <laughs> uh, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, but those. How else are you going to get a lifted Ford F three fifty, man? You got. You got to pay for it. Got to get it. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, yes, we uh, appreciate any help that you guys give us, whether it's uh, financial or just praying for us, or if it's artwork or jingles or intros or outros. Actually, no intro. We just need an outro and uh, artwork and stuff like that so thanks you guys so much for listening we will uh keep at it and try and keep bringing more and more content uh i hope that you got some uh, value out of this and uh i hope you're doing all right andrew and uh yeah yeah thanks everybody and have a good week and hopefully we'll be back again next week that's right he who has begun a good work in me will continue until the day christ jesus the lord has begun a good work in me and I have to have faith that he will finish it. So I know that he's got me on a path somewhere right now. 
I just don't know where. I feel like I'm on a missionary. <laughs> I feel like I'm on a missionary trip from Seattle to Oklahoma, but I don't know like what. I, I've seen some of my mission, but not all of it. So, interested to see what the rest is. Very cool. A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com, and thank you for your support of this podcast. Don't you say-